No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome back to another edition of Banal of America. As I mentioned on the show uh, for these spring episodes, I wanted to talk to people who uh, have been on the show before. There's a certain different. I mean, there's a difference between when you talk to someone who's been on the show before uh, and when you're having like a first-time guest because you don't really know. Um, you know, their cadence or how how long they're going to take to answer a question. It's kind of like a feeling out process. So it's uh, it's certainly – it's nice to have someone who's been on the show before because you kind of know what you're getting into. Um, and they know what they're getting into. They know they're going to have the, the Banal of America experience. Um, I don't think I reminded you before the show, Mark. You can, you can say whatever you want, swear. You know, don't you don't have to worry about that. Um, uh, if you don't want to swear, you don't have to either. So don't, <laughs> don't feel compelled to sh- – to shoehorn an f f bomb in just to just to fit in, it's not like that. Um, <laughs> um, but so you know, when I'm looking over at who who I want to talk to here for this uh, spring session, as I said, it was like bring people back. Um, and this is kind of like an impromptu week. I was supposed to be in New Orleans, but the flight got all all messed up, so uh, I really didn't have any plans. And I kind of went back to my list and said, you know, like who do I really want to talk to again right now? Like who who really. And, and it dawned on me. I mean, I've been trying to actually talk to tonight's guest, Mark Sargent. <laughs> I've called into a flat Earth talk show a couple times in the last year just to talk to him about stuff. And it's like, all right, we'll get just get Mark back on the show. We'll we'll get back into the flat Earth stuff. Um, so that's what we're gonna do. He's really there's not too many people who are students of flat Earth history, so this won't resonate much with them. But he's like the William Rebotham of the flat earth theory here in 2021. He's the face of the flat earth movement. Um, you know, he's like the Stan Friedman of, of flat earth, uh, pretty much. He's the, the Lauren Coleman, um, of flat earth. He is, he is the, he is the pinnacle. He's the guy you want to talk to. Um, and he's been all over the place. He's been on all kinds of stuff. He was in really the star of the Netflix, uh, movie. Um, Beyond what the hell is it behind? Behind the curve, I always get that first word wrong. I'm always like, is it yeah. around? Is it under? Yeah. So, so, so behind the yeah. curve, um, he is the man behind the fantastic YouTube channel uh, Flat Earth Clues, which is really, uh, which surprised me because I had him on the show like a couple years ago, um, and and it's like a clearinghouse for flat Earth media. So if, if something yeah. pops up on on TV somewhere, the flat Earth, Mark's got it on his YouTube channel right away. Am I like? 
like his interview. He had the interview with, I had with him on his channel before I had actually got it onto the podcast feed. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, that is true. So he does he does excellent work there as a clearinghouse of flat earth information. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of like the big introduction. I had the great pleasure of meeting him down in Dallas at the Flat Earth Convention uh, a couple of years ago. We're going to talk about that tonight. So uh, I could go on and on. I, I really do. I do. I don't agree with Mark about the shape of the Earth, as folks know. I'm not a flat earther, but I I do respect Mark's take on things. I appreciate that he can have a conversation with someone who isn't a flat earther, um, and we can have a civil normal conversation and um you know i don't think tonight we're not going to be like trying to convince each other here i want to know more like what's going on in the flat earth community and we'll probably get into other conspiracy theories and stuff like that but i i really do i do like you a lot mark i really do uh, i think that you're well, thank you. I think you're a solid dude and and um uh, you know i i i think you you come you come at it um you know with your hand with your palms out you know what i mean you're not this isn't yeah. like combative and I, I respect that and like that a lot about you so welcome back to the well, show brother you. Thank you for having me. It's been a while. It has been. It has been. Um, but like I said, I I always uh, poor Karen. Our friend. I don't know. I don't think Karen likes me, but I like Karen. She's cool. So, so Karen. I don't know her last name is Flat Earth Karen yeah, or something. She has a yeah, show. Yeah, flat, flat Earth Karen. Karen. Karen B. Otherwise uh, known yeah, Karen yeah. Endicott. She is suspicious of a lot of people. More more so me. I. I but my saying is trust everyone, but count your change. Her, it's like, yeah, she's just going to look at you squinty-eyed until you have to prove your innocence. How's that? All right. That makes sense. Yeah, I definitely got that. <laughs> I definitely got that impression. But but yeah. I, I, as I said to you when I was setting up tonight's show, it was like, because I didn't know if you remember me or not. It's like, it's been all. I yeah. come in peace. I'm not, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, no, no, I, do, I do remember walking down the hallways with you a couple times in Dallas. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it was a good time. I, we're going to talk about that. There's a lot of different things happening that weekend and uh, after that weekend and everything else. So we talked, actually, this is a good segue, because we talked right like, I want to say like a week before the event. So uh, that's about the last time we talked about it. A week That was when we had you on the show, the week before uh, the right. Flat Earth Conference down in, down in Dallas. So what have you, you know, what have you been up to since then, since, uh, since coming back from – from Dallas. I know everyone's oh, kind of crazy here and half or so, but you know. Oh, it was it, it start oh the, the end of 2019 was so amazing. You know, I got to I got to travel and do so many things that were flat earth related. They sent me over to the UK and uh I got to do flat earth conferences in London and then I did public speaking things in um Ireland. Did a opened a conference, the Gather Festival in Stockholm which wasn't even a Flat Earth conference, but they had me open it with another guy. I was like, okay. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff. You know, I you probably told you, you know, did that, did that television commercial down in uh, Australia. And then I was just about to – there was another um, commercial out in London. I, I flew over – God, I kept going back over there. Flew over, did a morning show, uh, um, the, the big morning show over in London, and then came back, and they called me as soon as I landed. It's like, hey, can you come back over? We want to shoot you in a McDonald's commercial for Pancake Day because that's a thing uh -oh. over there. Okay, you know, because it's round and flat. <laughs> 
And Makes sense. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, I, I get it. Fly Pancake Day. It's like bladder. They're going to make a, a tie-in. And we, you know, tickets were ready. Passports. You know, they said, oh yeah, bring a friend. It's like, yeah, great. Was going to bring a friend. And right after that was when the lockdowns happened. And it's like, and then everything just <laughs> big iron curtain just dropped on everybody. And uh, in 2020, we only did. Thank God, Karen, you know, was was getting bored out of her mind. She did a conference down in South South Carolina. The only Flat Earth conference we did last year was in South Carolina because we couldn't find any venues that would, would be willing to waive the legal stuff to go maskless. And so we did the, the one conference there, and then there was some, some meetups since, and I don't think I've flown since October of last year. So, yeah, how's that? <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I've been doing. The, the channel I've been putting out. I did. I did a whole series of rants. We can talk about that on on my channel about what what happened in 2020, which wasn't flat Earth related, and really had some fun with that. And then uh, got my first community guideline strike in six years on YouTube because I said things against you know the shot. Let's just call it the shot. And how I, I said it was going to create a, a two tier society and. That was it. Um, after I got the guideline strike, I decided to only post my stuff on BitChute and Brideon and Rumble, and then let Karen B and Zulu decide. You know, take take the show and and put it on their channels. But I wasn't going to post it on mine until I got off probation. So there you go. Long and the short of it. There you go. You touched on a whole bunch of different things that that I've got here. Yeah, the sorry. So <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. Fine. We're gonna get. We're gonna dig into them. So it's uh, but, it's but, perfectly fine. Well, we, one sort of. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to go on a completely different path just to sort of uh, – I kind of have this mentally, like chronologically. Actually, it's in my notes chronologically. But um, sure. one thing that did happen between the convention and yeah. uh, and then the pandemic, which was yeah. probably – probably would have been like the biggest flat earth story. But a lot of people kind of forget it even happened. Um, right. But I, I don't think we talked about this character uh, – on the show last time, I'm talking about Mad Mike Hughes. Uh, oh, he passed yeah. away trying to do the do the rocket launch. I think that was like in January or February. He was trying to do another rocket launch for a cable TV show, um, what? and he died. The rocket crashed. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and thank you for bringing that up because no one seems to remember this. You're one of the first people, probably 60, 70 interviews that even bothered to to, to bring it up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Mad Mike Hughes who was uh, at the Denver conference. I don't think he was in Dallas. The, um, he was trying to uh, – let me back up as far as how he was created. So he was in – Right, AG, that's what I want to know, yeah, because we, we didn't yeah, talk was, about him before, and now it's like he's <laughs> – his story has, so has was, reached its conclusion. So, but, but yeah, that bargain, was yeah. – tell me about it. He was a bargain basement evil Knievel. Is what he was. Uh, early '60s, really wanted to, you know, he was all about the the girls and the booze, and mostly the girls. He wanted to be famous, and he wanted the girls. That that's basically what he wanted to do. And he came to us several years back, and he said, "Hey, um, can, in fact, he even, this was even before the documentary came out, where he said, um, can you help help me finance my my rocket, my steam powered evil can evil." Style rocket. I was like, all right, and, and, and it's like, what do you want for it? And it's like, well, he goes, he goes, I need eight, 
he goes, I need $8,000 to finish the rocket. And what are your conditions? It's like, oh, well, you know, our conditions were we'll just put a big flat earth sticker on the side of the rocket, which was media gold. You know, having a stuntman, stuntmen come and go. But having a stuntman that has big flat earth sticker on the side, oh, yeah. That's just, so the media was all over it. He played it and milked it for everything it was worth. And he parlayed it into a couple of really nice opportunities. Well, you know, he did uh, Tosh.0, which was really interesting, but he, but he could not play well with others. Uh, and so what ended up happening was he had this weird he, – he, okay, two things happened. One was he got a deal with the Science Channel, of all things. They, they thought, right. okay, we'll just get the crazy guy and we'll felt help finance him. We'll, we'll finance his next rocket stuff. And, and he signed him to like a, they got six years worth of rights out of him. Which is like, okay. And then he also had this weird thing where he was trying to trademark people's names. And he found some <laughs> loophole in the California. I only knew this because the San Bernardino police department called, I can talk about this now. I mean, I've got the papers. Basically he was trying to sue me and a whole bunch of other people for their, for the rights to my name. And in case I ever made money on my name. And so I, I only Weird. knew because San Bernardino, I know, the San Bernardino Police Department emailed me and they said, hey, we're working on a case. We can tell you much about it, but we need some of your personal information to follow up on. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, look, I have, I have Nigerian princes that are giving me better lines than that. Go, go get bent. And they, <laughs> um, they, they wrote me back later. It's like, no, no, seriously, we really need your personal information. I go, okay. I'm so glad you wrote me. I go, I admit to everything, the extortion, corporate espionage, white slavery, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. And I go, you will never, ever find all the bodies. Goodbye. And then all of a sudden, Patricia, you remember Patricia Steer? Yeah, yeah. She Skypes me and she goes, hey, she goes, I have this weird email from um, the San Bernardino Police Department. (laughs) And I go, What? And she goes, yeah. And I go, that's just a scam. Don't worry about it. She writes back and goes, yeah, you scammers. She goes, go get bent. She goes, you know what? If you're really not a scam, send two police officers right now to my door in, in uh, represent, you know, because she's in Texas, you know, yeah. they can vouch for. I'll be damned if not like 30 minutes later, <laughs> two cops show up at her door in Houston. And they said, yeah, apparently this happens all the time because there's so many scam emails. Why didn't you just call the San Bernardino Police Department and go, hey, someone's emailing me. Is this you guys? Uh, Yeah, I didn't want to bother. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to bother. Anyway, the point (laughs) was is that that they were following up. They were trying to work a case on him because he was was going after all sorts of people, like the governor of California and and different Hollywood people. And anyway – how it all panned out in the end. So we're in the middle of this lawsuit thing and the police, the, you know, the different law, law enforcement agencies are building a case against them. And then the science channel, very fir- they're shooting the very first episode of this thing that they're going to do. I can't remember what they were calling uh, the, the redneck rocket scientist or whatever. And the, uh, the parachute <laughs> blows off the back of the rocket and the rocket basically sails off into the air without a parachute. But that was it. That was the end. It crashed. He died. And some people were saying, oh, it was a fake. You know, it was a, it was a hoax death. It's like, oh, no. No, no, no. I watched it. We had several people <laughs> screaming it that morning. Absolutely crashed and burned. 
And that was it. That was the uh, the end of. So if anyone ever wants to, you know, my, I can I'll send you the legal documents which I still have on my machine. And it's hilarious that uh, I mean I felt bad, but then he was never a flat earther. Let's put it this way: never a true flat earther. Right, uh, right. And that, I don't, that kind of came I mean, out after he died, right? That, that it was like, oh yeah, this was yeah. all marketing stuff. Well, and plus, he's, you know, like 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 Daniel Tosh during his interview, he's he's telling him straight to his face. He's going, I don't believe you believe that. And I remember he had done two interviews with this Kansas City radio station, and they called me up after the second one. They said, look, we really like to talk to another flat earther. We've talked to Mad Mike twice. We're just not feeling it, meaning there whatever, he was saying the words, but there was nothing behind it. There was no conviction, and they were going, eh, just, he's just not, he, he's not convincing us. And so, yeah, he was, he was, he was in it. For once he knew it was a fame, he, he, I felt bad for him because he, he, was, he had to learn all this flat earth stuff really, really quickly because the media was all over. It's like, oh, tell us about flat earth. He didn't know anything about flat earth. He had the sticker on his rocket. He didn't know anything. And so he's like grabbing people. It's like, what do I say? And, you know, he, he was going to the convention. Like he went to the Denver convention just to bone up on topics. So, yeah. 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 I, but I've, I, I, I can't necessarily uh, – he was not necessarily missed in the community because he really didn't have any friends in the community. He was on his own, and that I mean, he proved that time and time again to where, again, he signed a TV deal. Nobody else. He recommended nobody else for the TV. It was just going to be him, and uh, he, was, he was in it just to be famous. So I was like, all right, have fun with that. Short-lived. Yeah, well, it's uh, – yeah, that's – well, I'm glad we brought that up, yeah, because, uh, like I said, uh, yeah, it gets forgotten. A lot of, anything seems like like in the last, like in this, you know, in the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic, everybody kind of forgot that there was a few good months there. One more, one more thing. The, the Netflix, he was actually supposed to be in the Netflix documentary, Behind the Curve. But oh, really? he produced. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was absolutely supposed to be in it. Why not? Are you kidding? It's a, that's a great story. Yeah, But exactly. the producers played it, played it fairly conservative, and they said the, the line, I remember where I was with them when they were talking about it. And they said, yeah, but what happens if he crashes? What do we do then? Because right now it's supposed to be sort of a human interest piece, and it's supposed to be light and more upbeat, quirky. But, what, you know, what are we going to do, take a dark turn? You know, and, and they were right in this case because had they shown him later, you know, it, it would have been, oh, yeah, Mad Mike's famous. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, by the way, Mad Mike died. It's like, oh, bummer. And you know, because, because he wasn't in it, I think it got more traction. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's – there was something about him – I don't mean to, like, besmirch the dead, but there was something kind of like – he was kind of – I don't want to say, like, unlikable, but, like, brusque. That might be the best oh, way to put it. Seriously, watch – if you get the chance, I'll send you the link after we're done. Uh, I Watch the Daniel Tosh interview where he's on with him for 10 minutes. He alienates – I have never seen a guest alienate the, the entire female audience – so quickly, he was basically telling stories about his uh, his his tactics for how to pick up women in bars, and you know, like like he would like you go when the bar first opens, take him to you know hit on a girl, take him to your house, and then there's still time you can go back to the bar for another girl. It's like you know it's stuff like that, or he would like sign his name on the small of their back while they're sleeping with a sharpie type thing. It's like, oh, yeah, the guy was, Oh yeah, the guy is a class act. 
Absolutely a class act. You could tell. He was he was very much like um oh what was that Kurt Russell character? Stuntman Mike. Kinda like Stuntman Mike. Yeah, very <laughs> uh just uh, again, he didn't yeah. he did not have we we were the the attention he got, great. Benefited the flattered community and it was really interesting because he I would have thought his his crash would have caught a lot more attention, but it didn't. His his initial launch and fail to launch and the cliffhanger launch where he just, just like, oh, no, we're not going to do it because of safety, you know, standard stuntman BS. That got way more attention than when he actually crashed. For whatever reason, the networks just didn't cover it. So. Yeah, well, I think it was kind of like the first time he uh, – yeah, well, I covered it. His whole saga, I guess you could say, uh, from start to finish, the, the rocket part, once he sort of became flatter, Mad Mike Hughes. And yeah, it was kind of like, right. at first it was an interesting story. It was like, this is a wild story. You really want to talk about it. But then it was like, the thing didn't happen. Then, like, you know, you write about it again, and it's kind of like, you rehash the whole thing, and then it, then it didn't happen again. And it was like, what the, well, come on, bro. And then at that point, even right. I was like, look, it, I'm not writing about this guy <laughs> Until he goes up in the fucking rocket at this point. I don't, you know, I'm tired of writing the same story like, oh, he's going to do it this weekend, and then it never happens. And so then he did it, and that was like it. And then it was kind of like, I think people were sort of, you know, that kind of took the zing out of the story almost. So then it was like, oh, you remember that guy that flew over the rocket? Well, he did it again, and this time he died. Yeah. So it was just kind of like it just didn't Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and by the way, the science channel was really quiet about the the I mean it was very I mean because again they they helped pay for that that new rocket and that rocket failed right off the bat and because he didn't really have any family you know normally there'd be some follow up lawsuit uh, but there wasn't it was very very quiet it's like oh, it looked, like never happened it's like nope he didn't have any it, the the whatever they initially assigned they just made sure kind of like um, uh, Matt Lauer at NBC there you go yeah. <laughs> you can go to the NBC, NBC offices nowadays. It's like he's been erased from existence from from the NBC studios. That's kind of like with yeah. with Mad Mike. It's like no, no, there was no deal. Yeah, we we don't even what are you talking about? There's no show. So, um, hey, yeah. So so after that all happened, then of course the pandemic happened. And what I've been really interested in is watching. Is I I became friends with a lot of the flat Earth folks through the conference. So it's okay. like I. I guess I was surprised, but not surprised in a way that like the all, all, I, I want to say all the flat earthers that I know. So about six or seven people, obviously I don't know that many, but a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the folks I became friendly with at, uh, in Dallas, they mm-hmm. like much like a lot of people who aren't even flat earthers. They, they during the lockdown they kind of pivoted to like a very uh, the pandemic sort of idea that this that there was some right. nefarious. Um, underpinnings to all this and i i sure. take it based on what you're saying you're you've kind of uh, adopted that mindset as well i did for various reasons um one of the big ones though and i don't know how much you want to talk about or how much you can talk about it which is that i was a big believer in i'm a big believer in good writing in solid writing you know when when you're talking about any story whether it's television or movie or whatever it is the writing has to be solid, and there can't be too many plot holes. If there's too many plot holes, the the, the su- suspension of disbelief evaporates, and you usually shut it off or move to something else. And the movie, because I've watched a lot of disaster films from various degrees over the years, and one of my favorites was Steven Soderbergh's Contagion, 
from uh, what, 12 years ago now. And it was a brilliant movie. You remember, you know, with uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Kate Winslet and, and uh, I think it was Mark Wahlberg, I think. I don't think it was. No, it was Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And right, yeah. the, the thing was is that every you – know, in a real pandemic, an actual pandemic, nothing's open. There is, there is no, and, and okay, let me give you a line real quick, which I throw at people because people say, oh, you know, you're not taking this very seriously. It's like, okay, you want me to take it seriously? To answer me one small question, why did they ban smoking on airplanes? And it's like, all right, I don't know why. It's like, well, because there is no such thing as a smoking or a non-smoking section on airplanes. The filters, which are basically just furnace filters, they don't stop anything. They especially don't stop uh, smoke, especially secondhand smoke. As you know, you know, if you if you're a, a yeah. smoker and you live with someone, you know, secondhand smoke. The, the lawsuits have already been settled years ago. Secondhand smoke will will give you cancer and you'll die. So, which is why they banned all smoking on airplanes. It's just one of those things. If you infect pilots, I've talked to a number of pilots over the last year, and they all said the same thing. It's like, look, you know, you make coffee in the back of the plane. We smell it in the cockpit in under 90 seconds. There's a reason for that. I go, you know, the, the air circulates really, really fast, and the filters don't stop anything. You know, they, they stop dust. That's it. Yeah. You know, big particles of dust. So it's like, okay, what's your point? My point is, well, smoke particles are much, much larger than airborne virus particles. So why didn't the airports ever shut down? Ever. I you know, I, I flew last year, multiple trips through multiple airports, and it's like, why, why didn't the airport shut down? And no one will answer that. They, uh, the, the airports, it's because that wasn't part of the plan. You know, you, there's certain things. This was like a, a, a pandemic light where certain, there were, it was inconvenient and it was irritating, but as, I'll use, use a horror movie reference. It just wasn't scary enough. I, the, you know, I, we went through, what, 15 months. I knew exactly one person that died from, from this thing, supposedly. He was almost 90. He was my uncle. He, uh, he, had a, he was recovering from a stroke. He got pneumonia, then went to the hospital. And during that hospital visit for pneumonia at 90, then they said, oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, you got COVID. And, yeah. and then, yeah. then he passed away. Well, that's not how it worked. If it was, I mean, you would have a whole bunch of people. Remember in the beginning, they said it had a 1% mortality rate. Well, 1% in the United States, 3.3, 3.4 million people, all just in the United States alone. That's a huge yeah, amount of people. Yeah, but not everybody got it. Well, you know, that's, that's – Like, that I didn't get it. Doesn't make any sense. Well, <laughs> oh, well that, that's just it, though. How didn't you get it? Because this, with viruses, again, you watch Contagion. Viruses spread very, very quickly over uh, – the people run into other people, which is why, especially airplanes. Um, the, the great – if you ever remember some of Stephen King's books, the opening chapter of The Stand – was once the virus got out of the lab in some Air Force base in the middle of New Mexico, and the guy got on a bus, it was over. That bus, you know, once those people got to an airport or a train and things went really, really quickly, it, it, it spread. My point is this, is that if it wasn't scary. It wasn't scaring people. It was just irritating. Um, so if you want to scare people, you have to show them it has to be, there has to be shock and awe, meaning – it can't be. It can't be just all people in their freaking eighties that were, or people in assisted living. Show me a freaking volleyball team that was, you know, all in their thirties. We're like, oh, yeah, we're playing without a mask. We're bucking the system, and then three of them go down like sacks of dirt. 
show show me a jogger that that you went by. I thought, oh yeah, remember Tony? Yeah, wasn't he? Didn't he do a triathlon a couple months ago? Yeah, yeah, he's dead. It's like what? He looked great. How did it? What happened? There is no stories like that anywhere. And statistically speaking, I'm a big stat nut. Never happened. Never, ever, ever, ever happened. I mean, the the news was scrambling to find younger people, and they all when they did, it's like, oh yeah, the youngest person was like 14, and it's like, did they have any underlying conditions? Well, yes, the their heart was outside of their body, and they didn't have a head, and it's like there's all sorts of weird. There, everyone had underlying conditions. So, long story short, it just wasn't scary enough for me. It wasn't never it for you. Wasn't. And it wasn't scary enough for you. For for. for no, not for me, and not for really anybody in our community, which okay. is most people in the community. Uh, people in our community in the conspiracy world, they not just the flat Earth world, but the conspiracy world at large. They're they're skeptical for for various reasons. You know, Obviously. it's like well, it wasn't F- it, you know, the the vaccine wasn't FDA approved. Uh, the numbers don't make any sense. There's all sorts of cases. It doesn't hurt young people. Plus, you keep changing stuff. I made a joke. Not I, I know you want to make a pointer. But I made a no, joke no, Go on. where – and I shouldn't have joked about it. I said on Strange World, I said, you know, the people basically will believe – the general public will believe anything that's on the news. I go, if the, the news came out on Friday and said that starting Monday, everyone should wear polka dot masks because polka dots, blue polka dots, actually work better at stopping the, the, the particles than other things. Hobby Lobby would be ransacked that weekend for people going for, for blue po- polka dot fabric. or they, they, The industries would be popping up all over the place. And my point there is that when they all of a sudden, nine months later, nine months later said, oh yeah, by the way, two masks is better than one mask. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you, what, what now? Now you're saying that two masks? And you know, I'm watching all the NASA people and all the government people wearing two masks. Like, and there were doctors saying, "Well, three is better than two. I was going, "Yeah, with three, you actually would die if you fell asleep. You know, where if you wore three in a row, it would stop everything." And so, no, no, I have no, I have no faith in it whatsoever. But we can talk about the nuances. So. No, that, so you think it was like is, what an orchestrated uh, scare tactic, if you will, to what try and uh, try and? Oh um, no, no, not even a not yeah. even a scare tactic. It is it is in my opinion uh, the one of the stages of the big great reset. They're going for broke on on this one. Um, it was something that um, D, uh, David Weiss and I were were talking about last year. We're in the middle of the summer, I think, last year, and he goes, I think we've gone past the point of no return. I don't think this is a drill anymore. It looks like this And what is, is this great reset? The great reset is that you can, you can, there's various versions of it online, but the, the, the short one is that society needs to be retooled. The, in, our entire civilization needs to be retooled. It's not working. And, I don't necessarily disagree with that idea, to be honest with you. No, no, neither do I. <laughs> that, that's just it. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the greater good. And the Georgia Guidestones, by the way, it, it does creep a lot of people out where the, the number one thing the Georgia Guidestones is keep the entire world population under 500 million, which is 90-something percent less than what it is right now. Um, whereas if you have to retool the civilization, you have to – bring about change in a way that possibly, it's not a guarantee, possibly doesn't burn down the infrastructure while it's happening. Meaning right. if you freak out people too bad, they're just going to start ripping things to shreds. 
you know, mm-hmm. pitchforks and blowtorches, and and they're just it'll it'll turn it'll be the purge multiplied by every day. And they, but how do you do that? How do you retool civilization? How do you change it into? A, how do you create a controlled economy? How do you create a controlled society? And one of the ways of doing this is to create an identification system, a world registry, as it were. And that is one of the things, again, if you're in the Christian community, you've been, I, people in that community have been waiting for it for a long time. But that's what we're talking about, a world registration system disguised as a health crisis. In that you are now creating. I mean, it's not the the masks were, in my opinion, were just about compliance, and the shot was just another level of how far you'd be willing to go. And now they've run into some resistance there, but they've got enough. And as you know, things have been changing recently, very very recently, over the last twenty four hours, where now I did a well. Here's I'll, I'll tell you really quick. The the guideline strike which I got was talking about the a two-tier system, which is you have the haves and the have-nots. You give, you take away everybody's toys, and then you say, okay, anyone that gets a shot, you get your toys back. Yeah. And anyone that doesn't, they don't get it. And peer pressure is a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, yeah, I know we've we got, got party lines here in the United States with red team and blue team, but it, think about it. You have people, someone invites you to a baseball game, you know, Cubs game, Mets game, football game. It doesn't really matter. And they say, oh, yeah, by the way, you have to require authorization of you have to have the shot to get into the game. Yeah. And what? And it's like, well, okay, well, then you have start. I mean, there's lines that have been drawn within families over the last three, four months. So oh, yeah. anyway, the, uh, the, the Great Reset, control, control the economy and control – a, a hu- oh, or basically implement a whole nother layer of control, which dwarfs everything we've we've gotten so far, and you can do it across all borders simultaneously. Uh, because to some people are saying, oh, you know, this conspiracy, oh, the, the whole pandemic is, is an American thing, blah blah blah. Is going really? Because they shut down India <laughs> when they only had 50 yeah yeah people it's been dead. going on like all over. It's like so. they, they, India's got a 1.3 billion people. How do you do that? Unless you're talking about a much, much bigger plan, um, which is why next week's episode, by the way, in, in, on my channel is called The, um, the Eye of the Storm. Because it, and, um, one of the listeners gave it to me because she, she owned a restaurant. And she's, oh, yeah, people are coming in. It's great. And, and she knows full well. She goes, on the other side of this, if you know, you know the whole hurricane reference, on the other side of the eye, that's when the fun starts. Which is what what I believe will happen is that it's very very soon because now they're saying oh yeah you, you can just go in but you have to prove that you have the shot well how do you prove that right now we only have paper cards there's there's no way to prove it it's basically it's on, it's a, it's an honor code thing you know how that's gonna go people are be like oh, yeah I got it I mean come on I have lied I never have gotten my tetanus shot <laughs> and I have, I have lied about that pretty much forever. No one wants Jesus, dude! Don't step freaking... on any nails this summer. Well, you know what I mean. It, it, you, you, um, no one wants to get the needle. And, <coughs> and, and doctors are over. Oh no, no, no! I, I know, I know. But but the uh, point yeah. is, is people people lie. There was a great Scrubs episode where they were showing this little montage. It's like people lie to doctors all the time. And uh, you, oh, yeah. you don't think people are gonna you don't think people are gonna lie about their shot to get into something? Of course they will. And that and that will cause this massive uproar from the people that did get the shot, and they are going to demand demand 
that the uh, the uh, the um, registration system be digitized in the 3D barcode system. That well, we've been we've been already working on the uh, the passport system. So anyway, so what's interesting Sorry. to me? No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. So I, it's what it's what I wanted to know about. So what's interesting to me, in a sense, I guess, to sort of bring it a little bit back to the flat Earth thing in a way, it's just that what fascinated me as I was sort of watching this unfold um, in the in the folks that I knew from that I know from Flat Earth World, yeah. I consider them my friends. I don't, you know, we disagree on the, we disagree on a lot of things. We, you and I disagree about the pandemic, so that's fine. Sure. Um, fine. The, what's interesting to me though is like they became uh, more pandemic conspiracy theorists. Is it sort of just like, it was just kind of, I don't know, funny and amusing and interesting to me where it's like, it, they're just kind of like, all right, this pandemic thing is happening. The, the Earth is flat. They just accepted that. That's just canon in their worldview. And, and on the flat right. Earth is is this pandemic unfolding? It's sort of like, uh, well, you know, it's like we don't we don't have time. We can't we can't worry about dealing with the flat Earth anymore. We have to <laughs> we we have to deal with the here and now, which is this pandemic. And then you well, know uh, yeah, you know yeah, so it's yeah. almost like the, the if flat Earth took a took a way back seat to to this pandemic stuff. Understandably, that yeah, happened in a lot of fields. Was, so. It was yeah. It was well yeah. I mean, well, come on. The 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 virus thing took over, took over all every, every form of media media there was, and so in in our case, no, we were still. I mean, I'm still making videos and people are still doing stuff. But the first thing it did was it completely dampened all the meetups. Very few, ninety percent right, right. of our meetups didn't happen, and the conferences, almost none of the conferences. I mean, I did conferences in seven countries in 2019. And I did just America, just one of them last year. Uh, I mean, but you could go down the line. I mean, how many movies didn't get made? I mean, the, they're still yeah. delaying so many things because of it. But the other thing was with the uh, the, the community, the, it's one of the default side effects of being in flat Earth is once you're into flat Earth, you are skeptical of everything. And I don't want to use right. the term auto-hoaxing, if you've ever heard of that, which is it, – it's fairly new, which is if um, if something comes out on the mainstream media, that it's considered it's, – it's, um, it's guilty until proven innocent, meaning it's a hoax until gotcha. otherwise. Because you assume that every story that is that does on mainstream media is has got some ulterior motive. It's, it's pushing some sort of angle. Now, I would come back and say, well, not all of them, but quite a few, sure. Is there anything uh, – is, is there any objective journalism? Has there ever been objective journalism? Eh, probably not for some time. Corporations and parent corporations get involved and so on and so on. But yeah, with the, the virus thing, it was our, we, we, we jumped on that thing immediately because yeah. it's like – and for me, I laid out the things for you. It just – it was too yeah. – there's too, it was ra- it raised my eyebrow too many times to where now I'm like no no I'm just waiting until I'm seeing what comes next I'm everything up until now has just been the uh, the, the pre theater now we we we're gonna see what's what's what and uh, anyway yeah yeah so well it's interesting it's funny. Because the nature of my job, you know, I'm always searching for every day. It's sort of running the algorithms, looking for stories from different topics and communities and stuff like that. So it's, uh, you know, I run them through the Google News and everything, and um, one of them's like flat Earth, and it's, 
anytime the uh, you know they talk about the anti-vax community or the uh, pandemic conspiracy folks, uh, it always kind of gets dropped in as a as a as like an insult in a way where the person's like these people are like flat earth are like flat earthers and like I'm always like reading yeah. them and I'm like no they are flat earthers like they, yeah. they are flat earthers yeah, yeah, are, yeah. are a part of <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of find that funny. There's there's crazy, there's insane, and then there's flatter. Yeah, the, the, it's it's kind of the the catch-all for the top level insanity. If you've lost your mind, you're obviously yeah. And so people will use, and since it's been the the buzzword, you know, for quite a while now, uh, people use have been using it more and more. I I kind of I was thinking about this today. The um, even even the title of the movie, for example, uh, Behind the Curve, which was done, uh, you know, by the um, uh, the documentary team down in Los Angeles, the, they were not flat earthers in any way. And by the time they were done, they hated us. They hated us. They still, to, to this day, the director, so weird. I mean, he listened to me, listened to me, listened to me. And he could not believe that I believed it. He's like, no, yeah. no, Mark, Mark doesn't believe it. He doesn't. He doesn't. It's like, what are you talking about? I've made like 1,400 videos. I've been doing this for six years. I, I have never wavered in any way, shape, or form. What in what? And it's just he couldn't he couldn't get his head around it. He just couldn't do it because it was an affront. He was one of those heavy heavy science people that uh, that it was just insulting to the point where he even I mean he had a chance. I mean it, it tracked on Netflix for months and months. It was like always the number one thing. Didn't not just in the documentary section. They just kept recommending it. People kept watching it. And he had a chance. It's like he could have done a sequel, easily done a sequel. All you do is oh, yeah. different people. But he had burned so many bridges and he hated us so much. I, I absolutely would have done it, but he, I mean, we never spoke after that. In fact, I remember that after we did the first film festival in Toronto where it premiered, uh, that was, I think that was basically it, but it was, it was strange. Like they're like one of the film festivals out in Arkansas. They didn't even have enough people to, to go out. I mean, they got into every film festival they wanted to, and they sent me out there but they had somebody live streaming me on stage asking, answering questions just in case because they didn't trust me. Was like, I was like, what am I going to do? Submarine you guys? You what, and, what, what, yeah, what they think you were going to do. Yeah, what, what <laughs> they going to do? Now, to, to be fair, though, we did not – they were not completely honest with us in that we didn't – I did not know – I had heard that there was a director's commentary somewhere, and it was actually on the iTunes version. And so Patricia and I were listening to it, and we're listening. It's boring, boring, you know, your standard crap where you have the, the producer and the lead editor and the director, and they're just talking about – they're not even giving – it's not even a good commentary until they got to the point where the 12-year-old – I'm talking on stage, and there's a 12-year-old kid who's asking me questions from the audience. And they all chimed in at the same time, and they said, yeah, this is when we had to take a stand. And it's like, what? And it's like against Flat Earth. Because at that point, we were supposedly, mess- you know, it's all fun and games, so the kids are involved. We were messing yeah. with the future. We were, we were messing with, you know, we were exposing children to alternative ideas. And, but the, the movie was already shot. The, the movie was more or less in the can, and they, were, they couldn't reshoot it, so they had to tweak it in editing as much as they could. And that ended up working in our favor because the audiences were more likely to watch it. Even even the title, Behind the Curve, which is more kind of an insult. You know, you throw at people, it's like, oh, yeah, he's behind the curve. The bell curve. Yeah. You know, and, and But it was a nice play on words. And 
they, and because of that, people felt safe going into it. I, I sat in a number of studio audiences where people didn't even think it was real. They they did not think that the movie would. They thought it was a piece of docufiction. And I don't know if I told you this, but there was a, a great line one of the editors out in um, Los Angeles who watched it. They they showed it to him. They go they they didn't give any context at all. They said just watch this. We're not going to tell you anything. And afterwards, he's going wow. He goes, what sort of budget did you guys have for this movie? They go, what are you talking about? He goes, all oh, those actors, they pleaded so straight. <laughs> and 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 they go, no man, that was all real. And his eyes go, Rrr. and he goes, he goes, wait, that conference down in Raleigh, that happened. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, we were there for three days, and and he couldn't again, he couldn't believe it. And and I saw this time and time again. The first thirty minutes, the, if somebody sat down and had no idea what flat Earth was. They were like chuckling and laughing a little bit. And then at the 30-minute mark, they're going, wait a minute. There's something really weird and different on the Internet. I knew nothing about it, and I'm a little worried right now. And, and you could hear people whispering to each other, like nudging. It's like, I think this is real. <laughs> it was great. Anyway, yeah, well, it, I can totally see what you're saying. I, can, I mean, yeah. I can see why they uh, – it. It, there's something about you, Mark, that does make it hard to believe that you believe this, and I can't quite put my finger on it. It's like you're not really – I think part of it may be that, that you're sort of like upbeat and, and friendly and not necessarily sort of like combative about it. Yeah, um, yeah. That, I'm that not, makes I'm not it like – you know, that you're not like – that you're not – because most of the people who are like super into a lot of this stuff, you know, like we talk about this on the show a lot, the UFO people are really – Oh, really okay. uh, strident lately, um, but a lot of folks are, who are into who believe in these things are, can get pretty uh, aggressive, and you're like the opposite oh, yeah, of that. Yeah. So it's almost like, well, this guy can't really believe it because he's he's really he's not you know he's he's not really trying to twist my arm into becoming a flat earther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, no, you're absolutely right. You see where you're, I'm coming the from? World, the conspiracy world at large is dark. They uh they 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 talk in the hushed tones. They they talk like like Christian Bale and Batman, like I'm gargling marbles. And it's like the government. It's all the government's the man, and 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 you know they're they constantly looking over their shoulder to where. It, and for me, no, it, it's completely different. I I absolutely believe it, but I don't treat it like it's the end all. Like the, the okay, the big thing for me is out of all the conspiracies in the world. This is the only one that we had nothing to do with, meaning they're also you know UFOs, JFK, and 9/11, and blah blah blah. They, you know these are all these are all conspiracies that are created by men, whereas the flat Earth had nothing to do with us, only that we were inside it. All we did was keep the secret for as long as possible. But and if that's the case, well, then what sinister side is there? It's like it's just civilization try, and I would be the first one. To jump on that and say, would I, if we didn't discover this thing until 1960, would I tell the general population? No, I wouldn't tell the general population. We weren't ready to tell anybody. I mean, you saw what happened with Roswell a decade earlier, where you know the whole Roswell story. Well, that was you know just radio and newspaper. People are yeah. freaking out, and you know you come back 13 years later and say, yeah, by the way, you're living in a snow globe. People would lose their minds. So and and I would I I I'm one of those conspiracy the rare conspiracy people that believe in the greater good, meaning 
Does the conspiracy, it's my qualifier for any conspiracy, does the conspiracy itself satisfy some sort of greater good? And if you look at the plan objectively, don't look at it like, oh, white hats, black hats. Look at it objectively. It's like, what are they trying to do? And could you have resolved the issue any differently with a better outcome? If I couldn't have improved on their plan, then I'd be like, well, that's just how it works. People in power make decisions that we don't have a, a position on. For, for various reasons, and this was one of them. Would I have told everyone in 1960 that we lived in the snow globe? Nope, I wouldn't have. I would have waited until way further down the line. It'd eventually, be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll tell them eventually, but the infrastructure's got to be different. Oh. So just to be clear, it's your contention that they didn't truly know the Earth is flat until 1960, presumably when they started trying to launch into space, is what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't know. Um, let's think about. It. We'll we'll go all the way back to like the. Say you're the king of France, like 1500. You have wooden ships and you have horses. Even if you had a flat Earth map, so what? What are you going to do with it? You you don't have to have the tech to even remotely validate this thing. So, and I'm sure there were some some ancient maps out there, but it didn't make any sense to them. Maybe maybe they found a model, you know, a cool little domed model, and they're looking at it going, oh, what the hell. But until the internal combustion engine comes along, you know, early 1900s, and until you have the early rocketry programs, well, you know, 30s, 40s, and into the 50s, you don't really know anything. You know, again, until you get up high enough to look back down on the Earth or your rocket crashes, what what do you really know? And people would say, well, you know, I know nerds have come back and they say, oh, no, geometry proved it. It's going, no, geometry didn't do anything. Ge- in fact, people talk about, oh, the Greeks proved it you know, using geometry back in such and such B.C. I'm going, yeah, that's when we didn't even know where the continents were. So don't don't start up about that. But but anyway, so no, they did not know until about 1960. And when they did, and that was when uh, they explored, they had already explored the North Pole. And they had been looking, you know some of this story, you know, Admiral Richard Byrd basically flying around Antarctica for 30 years because he was in probably the greatest explorer of all time. And then he finds something during Operation Deep Freeze in 55-56, and then they, uh, they create the Antarctic Treaty, the, un- the only unbroken treaty in the history of everything. And it's still not up for review until 2041. You cannot, as a corporation, go down there and set up shop ever. It's 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 against the rules. And it's like why? Yeah. It's like the place is yeah. place is made out of money. It's just one of those things. So no, we didn't know until 1960, and then when we figured it out, gotcha. We didn't tell anybody, and I agree with them. Okay, so you're not in favor of flat Earth disclosure, then, if you will. <sighs> well. Now we're we're close. I think about this. If, if you were looking to, it's all about the narrative. You have to spin the story in a way that the public you you have to control the narrative. If you're the powers that be, and look what we have now. We have high speed internet. We have social media. We have six billion smartphones. More people have smartphones than they do running water. You could push a narrative. And, and we've proven that just, just in the last year. You can push a narrative to everybody simultaneously and give, get everybody on the same page. And so now you could re- release. You could release anything you want. You could release an alien agenda. You could release a new bureau agenda. You could, you could at this stage, you could p- tell people anything, and they're going to buy it because, yeah. the, the, because their phones said so. 
and it was just a scary proposition in some ways, but uh, it's just the how it's as a goal. If you you know if you're looking from the greater good side, if you're looking to control a population, yeah, yeah. So do do but do I would I think it'd be a good thing to release it now? Sure, why not? What do you got to lose at, at this stage? What, what, what's the worst that could happen now? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're in sort of a weird post law post-apocalyptic type setting as it is. So, yeah, the whole world feels very dystopian at the moment. Oh, my God. It's it, Well, again, which is why I made the, the last rant video I made, which was called The uh, the Coming Gattaca. If you remember the late 90s movie with Jude Law and Uma Thurman and um, Ethan Hawke, where the, what, the, what really was about eugenics, and they basically... They figured out a way to get rid of all birth defects while the child was in the womb. And parents slowly but surely became a very slippery slope to where the parents that that had their children genetically perfected, they got better opportunities. Those kids grew up and they got better jobs and they got better things. And the ones that didn't, the, you know, the natural parents and those things, they were given, they were, they were blue collar for the, for the rest of their lives. And that's where we're kind of we're we're real close to that right now. Where all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, you get the shot, you can get to do all the fun things you want. You don't get the shot, you don't get to do anything. You're you're lucky you have a job. And so, yeah, it's a it's a talk about dystopia. It is a it is a weird weird place we're in right now. I mean, who would have thought, by the way, that uh, we. The, the the way we saw the the way the easiest way to quell a pop, population is just pay them, and I don't want to I don't want to pick too much on the Native Americans because it turns out we fell for it too, but, you know in the end how we solved the Native American problem or which was yeah we just paid them every month quite a bit of money actually to where they didn't like their car they go out and buy a new one we paid them every month quite a bit of money and it killed their motivation it absolutely killed everything they wanted want to do it's like why. I can just sit home. I get a check every month. I watch TV. Here, give me a new flat screen. And well, I, now, I don't know anything about that, so I don't know. Oh, no, <laughs> I will say, well, as far as like a universal basic income, I don't see any. Look at dude. I think part of the issue here is you, you kind of touched on it in that Gattaca thing, but it's like I think a lot of times people just don't quite get that the the real fucking conspiracy here is that the rich people have all the fucking money. And that all the rest of us don't have any of it. That's yeah. the like, it's not there's not really any too much grander, and then they fool everybody into into all the people who were underneath the rich people into fighting with each other over over their race, their religion, their sexual orientation. Oh, yeah. like they divide us up all into these little groups, and it's like there's only two fucking groups: rich people and poor people. That's it. And the poor people are yeah, way yeah. more than the rich Absolutely. people. Absolutely, and and have you ever seen a year like last year where where I mean I, I joked it's like oh yeah by the way riot season's coming up where they we I've never seen a nation so pulled in so many different directions simultaneously to where everybody's offended about everything else and it's and again it's all media driven and it's and it's overhyped. To, I mean, it used to be, oh, just red team, blue team. But have you ever seen it to where I, I did a video called um, For All the Marbles? And I said, look, red team and blue team want to kill each other. They want to wipe each other off the map to where the, the Biden's little gaffe when he was talking just the other 
month where he, they asked him about you know him running for re-election in, in 2024. And he goes, "Were you kidding?" He goes, "I don't know if there's even going to be a Republican Party in 24." And I was stunned that nobody, no, no mainstream even wanted to talk about that. And but yeah, you're absolutely right. We are we are so polarized, and we've got it. Everyone's fighting amongst themselves. And it is, it is the first rule of power, which has never, ever changed, it is the curse of being the puppet master. The first rule of power is stay hidden, which is you cannot be the puppet master and be in the limelight, be the puppet at the same time. The, um, or, or the line from was the line from Napoleon, never put yourself – the first rule of power is never put yourself in a position where you can be overthrown. I mean, there's people above. Well, they talk about, well, Jeff Bezos right, right, is right. the richest man in the world, and Bill Gates. It's like, no, they're the richest. I correct people all the time. I say they're the richest publicly, public people in the world. There are people that they're they're new. Not only are they new money, they're extremely new money. They smell like new money. The ink's still drying on their money. There are people. You, you look at the families that have been around for I don't know five six centuries, which don't you don't you don't see them on television. You don't see them talking about this and that. And in fact, even I know some people would say, "Oh, it's the Rothschilds." It's like even the Rothschilds only go back a couple hundred years. There's probably families that are much, much older. Go, go look at the Vatican. Go look at the remnants of the, of the Roman Empire. You know, look at some of the, some of the. You want to look at the Illuminati or whoever. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. It's all right. It's all right. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting, interesting. Let me see where I want to go here with this. Have you? We'll sort of pivot to sort sort of like turn the page a little bit and get and sort of have a fresh, uh, fresh sure. thought here. Have you looked at this? Uh, have you looked at this QAnon? Because uh, it seems like this sort of a tangential, you know, uh, I forget the name of that thing where the two circles uh, overlap, but uh, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, off the top yeah. Of my, it, yeah, the Venn diagram. This, this is sort of a sliver of the Venn diagram with the QAnon and the Flat Earth, um, and it does seem like – now, look, and I don't expect you to say, oh, Flat Earth isn't as popular as it used to be, but just based on my observation, it doesn't seem – like the flat earth is as popular as it was, say, like two years ago. Like I feel like maybe it crested a couple of years ago. That's just my opinion. And I, I think a lot of people, because of this polarization we're experiencing, because of the pandemic, they may still be flat earthers, but they're get they've gotten pulled into these other groups like QAnon uh, and like I think I think QAnon people were pandemic folks themselves but have you looked at sort of the relationship with this QAnon thing at all with flat earth yeah yeah i have um a couple of people have asked me about QAnon. i'm old enough of course to remember the original anon back in the day the uh the people that the actual hackers which did quite a bit of damage out there and they were caught because well if you're on the internet they will find you people forget that the entire internet uh the web is an is a military backbone system it was created by the military they can find you if if they have to. It's like, oh, I'm a hacker. I can bounce things off of satellites. It's like, no, 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 no. You're on borrowed time. They, the only reason they haven't grabbed you is because you're not worth it. Um, when it came to QAnon, the reason why I was well, – there's a couple of reasons why I was suspicious about QAnon is, one, they didn't really predict much of anything, and two – well, they were very vague. We kept putting that carrot or kicking the can down the road. Or, let's call it the carrot. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, on such and such date, this is going to happen. And then it's like, okay, that date's now moved, and that date's now moved, and that date's now moved. Right, right. And it turned – QAnon didn't – the original Anon was about all sorts of stuff, but QAnon was really tied to 
the the whole red team Trump thing. And it was to where you had a whole bunch of people at Trump rallies that were wearing the QAnon shirts. That's a bad sign right out of the gate. Because and the fact that if mainstream's covering it also is like mainstream doesn't doesn't do anything by accident. They're covering it because they're 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 trying to raise a way, you know, they're they're tying it to conspiracies and they're trying to demonize red team and they're you know, the QAnon was an interesting bridge into the conspiracy world. But no, the I mean I I oh god the when I, I told people I go I go here's where QAnon and did mostly I go here's QAnon's mostly gonna die after the inauguration I go because right. after the inauguration people cause people kept saying oh no there's gonna be a big revolt on inauguration day and uh, it never happened and if I still have diehard red team members family that send me email emails every once in a while there is still chatter in the red team community. That swears that oh no any day now any day now it's going oh, to yeah I know no still still this day it's freaking May and and they're still saying this and I treat it no differently than I do the NASA people that I would talk to or the NASA fans there was this one girl in Ireland oh, she was great I go I go look I go no one's been to the moon since 1972 I go I go every president over here since. Reagan has said that they're committed to going back to the moon. And I asked her, and I knew exactly what she was going to say when I asked her. I go, so, when you going back? <laughs> and she goes, soon. We're going back soon. <laughs> I go, huh? Yeah. All right. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've heard that too many times. And, uh, yes, I'm tying that to QAnon because it's like, oh, yeah. You know, the, the, it it, it kind of reminded me of the, the whole South, we shall overcome. You know, the South will rise again. And that I, they were, that was paralleling with the Trump thing too much to where I just I'm sorry, QAnon was it was an interesting story for a while, but it was it had an expiration date on it, and I have gotten the the QAnon emails that used to circulate and show up on my freaking desk, uh, all but evaporated after uh, Biden was sworn in. So there you go. Right. Okay. So do you think with the QAnon? But that's kind of dying out. I agree. It's uh, you know, it'll. I feel like maybe the remnants of that will morph into something else, like how PizzaGate gave us QAnon. That'll give us something else. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. think? By the, by the way, well, with the, the, the go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh well, I was well, going to say with the thing. yeah, PizzaGate, yeah, yeah. It was the PizzaGate thing, by the way, uh, was was interesting because I had a different take on it. He was like, look. Because everyone was treating it like it was this unique thing. I'm going, look, uh, and I'm not trying to be dark here on the, on the show. I'm going, look, child prostitution has been a thing for forever, for, for centuries, millennia. Child prostitution, it's a real thing. It's, it should be completely illegal, and it should, you know, it should be banned from everywhere. But as you know, the, uh, the, for a lot of people, we want most, which we cannot have. And there's a lot of horrible people out there that will pay top dollar for that. Are some of them celebrities? Possibly. Are some of them politicians? Possibly. You know, it's it's not exclusive. The, the thing that bugged me about that was it, it's not exclusive to them. Meaning, you know, the ho- Hostel was not just a movie to me or a movie series to me. And, and by the way, that's where it would be most appropriate. It's like it wouldn't be in the basement of a freaking pizza shop. It would be in, in a, I don't know, a, 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 a Soviet bloc country. You know, right, where you right. have multiple layers of security. Nobody's getting in there. 
and you have to buy your way in and and yeah, I know the emails and all that stuff. And yes, but but were did some people possibly get caught with their hands in the cookie jar? Sure, but it never happened. Sorry, one last thing about the QAnon thing. I kept hearing about oh, the arrests are going to be made, you know, made the all uh, the arrests that all these people, did anyone get hit for Pizzagate? Anybody? So, right, sorry. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so, yeah, believe me, I'm not a Q guy anyway. So, <laughs> I don't yeah. think about it. Do you ever think about this Dylan Wheeler guy who was who was a Q guy and then he switched to Flat Earth? Do you know anything about this character? What's his name? Dylan Wheeler. Somebody wrote Maybe. in and asked. Uh, uh, does he have a channel name? A handle? Yeah, let me see yeah, if he has a handle. He has a handle, uh, maybe. My friend, Dr. Edward Guimont, he's he's a big fan of uh, of the Flat Earth as well, so he uh, he sent me some questions. Yeah, uh, yeah, he said, more commonly known by his handle, Education for Libs. No, I don't know him. So, Why is he? All right. Yeah, I guess he says he was an early promoter of QAnon and one of the biggest names in QAnon in August 2020. Wheeler left QAnon, saying that his Christian faith would not allow him to follow Q, who he viewed as a false messiah. In February of this year, Wheeler announced that he was now a flat earther, uh, which seems to be the big mm. first big name shift from QAnon to flat earth. So, yeah. I mean, anyone that comes in, as long as they're well-behaved, look, we've really been lucky in that regard. Uh, I, In fact, I predicted way back in 2015, I go, you know... This the the whole flat Earth concept is polarizing enough to where there could be a small percentage of people that freak out and go do horrible things, you know, lose their mind, you know, do the whole Neo and the Matrix thing where they just start swinging, and yeah. it never happened. I you know that we were we were worried. I think it was in tw- I think it was in 2017 or the end of 2016 where there was a guy in Canada that painted flat Earth slogans all over this boat and parked it in the middle of the shopping center. And I remember the helicopter footage from from this, and, and Jaron and I and David Weiss were watching this, and we're going, that boat's going to catch fire, isn't it? That boat's going to blow up, isn't it? It's booby-trapped, isn't it? And it never, ever happened. And it was like, nope, it was this guy with his boat. The, um, the, the Flyers community has been really, again, because it's upbeat. Uh, it's it's so you know when you when you go to a flight, I mean you were at the conference. It's a it's generally a, a very good mood type of place, and so we don't we don't provoke people. We don't get into fights if, if we can help it. Oh, by the way, I have, let me comment on something you said earlier because I don't sound like a normal conspiracy person. There was a guy in New Zealand who wrote about he'd met me and and he, he wrote for the local paper down there, and he said, and as the first time I've ever heard this, and he goes he goes. He goes, Mark has a goofy warmth that instantly disarms you. Yeah. And I, that's, that's I, an accurate I never thought of that. And so I walked around. I go, goofy warmth? Goofy warmth? Is that, is that really it? And they go, oh, yeah, that's it. It's like, oh, I'll take it. I mean, it's not molten sexual charisma, but you've know, you got to work with what you got. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, exactly. You got to work with <laughs> work with what you got. Now, what do you yeah. th- Now, this is interesting cuz uh, as I said, I cover the flat earth all the time. So what I find, I mean, look, it, all these different fields have their wacky characters, but it seems like flat earth has sort of a I don't know if it's just the nature of the flat earth or if it's just no. or if it's just the people that it attracts, but it's like there uh, and I'll give you some <laughs> I'll give you some examples now uh, cuz I uh I noticed this over the last year because I, people I met who, uh, in one case, uh, where's the guy here? Uh, this Nathan guy seemed like a decent character, no, Nathan, Nathan Thompson. Nathan Thompson. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then he gets in trouble for like thr- throwing flat earth flyers over the fence of an elementary school. It's like, Nathan, why are you doing that, dude? Why, like, why? Uh, what, 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 what could possibly possess you to think that's a good idea? Um, you know, and then, then there's, uh, a couple of Italian folks who, who, uh, who went on a road trip and broke the quarantine because they were going to, uh, take their boat to the edge of the flat earth. I don't know if you heard about that story, um, last year, but there's a certain like wackiness. There's a certain, um, I don't know. There's a certain sort of like, I don't know, just kind of absurdity to it that, uh, I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on. Do you know what I'm talking about at all? Nin- that feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nin- 90% of the community, at least 90, maybe 95% of the community, are pretty ordinary people. Uh, you know, That's the, the true. I've met them. Yeah. That's true. I, yeah, can, I, I can say sit that down, for sure. Sit down with any flyers. They, they look just like you and me. You know, they're they're pretty normal looking. They they act pretty normal. They're, in fact, 90% of our community is in the closet. Which is even weirder. But you, in fact, you, anyone listening to this, you know flat earthers right now. They walk amongst you, but they're not going to come out because they're afraid of uh, getting hell from friends and family and coworkers. Kyrie Irving, a perfect example of that, where he comes out. He was high on life. He had won his championship, going to the All Star game. LeBron James, my best friend, and he goes on a podcast like, "Yeah, I'm a flat earther. What are you going to do to me?" And he had forgotten. It's like, yeah, it's not. It's time. Time stands still. You still got to go to the locker room night after night, and the media is going to come after you. And they did. And I have talked to wonderful people in the celebrity world who cannot come out, won't come out. It's like, yeah, there's no way, you know, because we'll, we'll catch too much hell. Um, as far as the zanies, zanies, no. I mean, Nathan, <laughs> right out of the gate. So we're at the we're at the Raleigh conference where they where they shot the documentary and. Mm-hmm. The speakers were all there, and we, everyone was chosen to, to do things. But one guy, he was the only guy that actually crashed the conference. And, in fact, we made sure. We told everyone, like, don't wear weird costumes. Don't wear weird stuff. And Nathan walks in wearing a globe on his head with sunglasses. And the media <laughs> could not help themselves. You know, they, he, well, right. Like That's like when I was down in Dallas, dude. The fuck, uh, he was a lovely guy. I loved talking to him. Yeah. And I know you're going to know who I mean. Top Hat Guy. Yeah. You remember Top Hat Guy from Dallas? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know Top Hat Guy, yeah. He's a wonderful guy. And, 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 yeah. But it was like, well, I'm looking around, and I'm like, I kind of like looking over the bar, I remember that first night, and I'm like, that's what I expected here at this Flat, <laughs> this flat Earth Convention. Yeah. Top, top Hat Guy. So I can, see, yeah. I can see kind of what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and which which is why two stories real quick. One, which is why when Jimmy Kimmel sent his team down to the Dallas conference to punk us, we did not realize that. So he sends a normal camera team with an interviewer, and then he has one of his guys disguised as a flat earther pay full freight and come in and buy a ticket and ask sort of weird questions. He was, you know, he asked the he he won a door prize at my session because he asked the first question, and. And people were saying, well, why, why didn't you, you know, didn't you know why you, you, you dressed up, you kind of, kind of like Top Hat Guy, you know, head to toe with memorabilia. And, and I was like, look, man, I go, as far as Flat Earthers go, he wasn't even the weirdest Flat Earth outfit I'd even seen that day. Why, why would I treat him any differently? Uh, yeah. But, but anyway, the, um, and so in, in that case, by the way, the, the, the late night show, Jimmy Kimmel's show had to fabricate a weird flat earther you know he was over the top which is what how he got found out in the end 
if he just right, right. played it more low key, he could have stayed there for hours. But he had been drinking. He was an ass. He wrote me later. And I said, dude, I go, all you had to do is turn it down a couple notches. And you could have stayed there all. You could have been drinking with people. You could have turned this into a big segment. And he didn't. Um, when, it, when it came to Nathan, though, I remember there was a um, – you, you remember the television show The Amazing Race? Yeah. Does that ring a bell? Okay. Yeah, of course. So they they contacted uh, me and was saying, okay, we're thinking of doing a YouTube-only version of The Amazing Race, and we'd like Flat Earth to be a part of it. I'm like, okay, yeah. sure. Why not? This was just before the Dallas conference. And – and they were saying, you know, we'd like people from the documentary, and we'd like a man and a woman. I go, well, there's only one woman in the documentary, and she's not running anywhere, and that's Patricia. And I go, hey, yeah. you, you, go. Plus, but then I figured out, you know, they they said watch, you know, season 31, or you know, and I'm watching The Amazing Race, and I'm realizing that there's no race <laughs> at all. It's a fabricated reality show like everything else. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you got to do tasks and like goofy shit and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but but not only that, they know exactly who's who's going to win, who's going to place gold, silver, and bronze you know, before the season even starts, which is what you would do as a producer. You want to keep, you want to get the maximum output. And anyway, they were talking about who who should be on the show and who shouldn't. And I I said, look, well, if you don't care about two guys being on the show, the guy you really want on the show is Nathan Thompson. I go, that kid is built for game shows. I mean, he's just—he's a ball of energy. His mind is going a million miles an hour. He's, he's intense. We, he's, yeah, yeah, he's intense. He's all sorts of weird type, types of enthusiasm. He doesn't edit his thoughts really. I, that's the guy. And then I kind of axed myself out of it because I told him I said, uh, "What you really should do." I go, "Look, I go, let's let's call it what it is." I go, "If you want to turn, you want to, this season to be a good season." I go, make us the villain. I go, don't make us come in first. Don't make us come in third. If, or second, I go, if, if, as long as you come in third, you make it through the entire season. You know, if you get knocked out in the first two weeks, they never see you again until the very end. Right, I go, right. don't give us any money. I go, make us the villain. Everyone hates Flat Earth. It would be brilliant. Uh, and I wasn't trying to insult them when I said, look, you're about as real as, as world wrestling. But it was true. I mean, I watched the seasons and I could I followed. It's like, okay, why is this? The, you know, there's too many too many plot holes. But it doesn't really matter. Anyone's watching the Amazing Race it has nothing to do with physical prowess or run, running anywhere. They they run and then they stop and they give you a break. Then they they roll cameras. Anyway, the point was is that just before they were Nathan and Matt Long were supposed to go to Los Angeles right after the Dallas conference to audition for the, the, you know, do screen tests for The Amazing Race, and the whole thing fell apart. Why? A little, little inside scoop for you. Is that when you shoot these shows, especially like this one, it's a complete media blackout. So they tell you, that it's like, look, we shoot the whole thing in a month, but right. you have to sign a waiver, and you cannot be on the Internet at any point. You, there is no ah, phone, okay, yeah. no, no texting, nothing. You can watch television. That's it. And they were, you know, they were going to big YouTube channels. And, and basically what they were saying is uh, they're going to like channels of millions of sus- subscribers. And they said, uh, can you be off the Internet for a month? And they were coming back and said, well, sure. How much are you going to pay us? Because they, you know, some of these people, they, they live off. It's like, That's you, job, me, yeah. I can't make a, yeah, I can't make a video for an entire month. That's a death sentence, potentially. And, and yep. I can't even tell anybody why I can't make a video for a month. Right, right. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so the whole thing, Flat Earth would have totally been in it. We would, we would have absolutely been there, and 
Nathan would have been the our our spokesperson in the game show world, but never happened. Oh boy, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a character. Uh, I, I don't know what. Yes, I hope he, he didn't get in any yes. too much legal trouble with that stunt at the at the school. No, no, but... no, no, no. Nope. nope. He's he's traveling right. around. He's heck. He's done. He's one of the only guys that's been doing meetups this year. He was traveled from uh, the East Coast, and he's I think he's in San Diego right now. I don't know going after that, but yeah, he does does meetups. We gotta spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? Well, you raise an interesting point. This is kind of something that's been going on, uh, especially since the start of the year. It connects to the QAnon and to the YouTube stuff. Um, this, there's been a real crackdown on on conspiracy stuff. Really... Mostly a lot of the QAnon, a lot of the anti, uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, assertions that I don't believe that the election was rigged, um, and and the vaccine stuff. So, so like you said, you got to strike for for talking about that. So, have have you found has the flat Earth movement been impacted by this uh, crackdown on social media as far as conspiracy theories go? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, beforehand, Flat Earth was we, – we, I mean, in fact, you want to see an interesting documentary, watch something called The Social Dilemma, where they're talking about how the, the social media monster was created, and we're mentioned in there multiple times because we were uh, YouTube's darling for a number of years. And yeah. when they went to – there was a special Senate hearing, and out of all the, the three – top, they, they picked three topics to talk about – Two, they banned. One, you can't talk about um, fake medicines. Two, you can't talk about false flags in any capacity. Those things will get banned off the Internet. And they said, we will, rec- we will recommend flat earth less. And then, and then when, this, when the censorship really started cranking up, we, because flat earthers are no, – because they come from the conspiracy world, they're notorious for kind of breaking out and doing – other 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 videos, me included last year, where right. so like, okay, we've done that tonight. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I talk I talk about flat Earth, and then I'll make a video that that's not about flat Earth, but some other conspiracy. And they they want us basically to stay in our wheelhouse. Uh, channels have been hit pretty hard for going outside. Some people have created backup channels and stuff. And again, I was I was pretty squeaky clean. Where I but I'd made oh god twenty thirty different videos talking about what was been going on in twenty twenty and it really wasn't until I started talking about the shot and then they said nope sorry and and their message in the, the email to me was you cannot contradict the a WHO in any way shape or form it's like all right I get it it's fine I, and I, but that's so we're kind of we're I don't want to use the term roped in, but we're we're being told that the thing is, there's so stay many in your lane. They're telling you. Yeah, stay in your lane. There's so many different venues now to go. But there's still, you know, there's still only one YouTube. I'm a little surprised nobody huge has come out to, to challenge them. But, uh, you know, it's like all it takes is a whole bunch of money and a bunch of servers. But they, they haven't done it. I mean, remember, MySpace used to be a thing. And then Facebook came out. But the thing is, it's the corporate, the, the corporate angle, where the, you probably heard of something on YouTube called the Adpocalypse a few years ago, where corporations said, look, you can't put our truck commercials and our whatever commercials on just any video. 
because some of it isn't appropriate, and we don't like certain things. And YouTube's like, right. hey, we're YouTube. What are you, what are you going to do? Pull your, pull your account? And they did. And YouTube had to come back. It's like they had to negotiate. It's like, okay, and that's when the first wave of, of censorship happened. And again, I, I've got mixed feelings because it's a private company. And if you want to treat it like a restaurant where it's like no shirt, no shoes, no service, that, that is your right. And also, they were recommending us so much over the three years, we were starting to annoy the hell out of people. Because we were getting recommended. Uh, there's a great line um, by one of the developers who left Google. And he said, why do things get recommended to us on the right-hand side? You know, Recommended for you. Right. And I don't remember, I don't know how many tens of thousands of topics there are on YouTube, but there's a lot. He picked one, and he said, well, if the average person that gets into Flat Earth for the first time watches 20 videos in a row, what do you think we're going to recommend? And it's like, yeah, it was it. And it's like, yeah, we, that we were the binge topic that was out there to where, I don't know if you remember me telling you back in Dallas, where they, um, I'm going to do a video on this kind of re- to recap it. I mean, I still have a playlist where they, they tore down their own scoreboard because of us, where we, we exploited an algorithm in their system to where we were showing numbers that made sense, whereas giant channels, like all of a sudden you run into a channel, it's like, oh, wow, they have 2 million subscribers. And But when you look at the relevant search results, they only had, I don't know, 80,000, 100,000 search results. Like, what? That doesn't even make sense. Well, it's because they were buying subs, and they were buying likes, and they were buying hits. And you can do that. Oh, yeah. There's a wonderful documentary that came out this year called Fake Famous. Highly encourage people to watch it, where they, they took people, a documentary team took a bunch of Hollywood wannabes, and it's like, can we make these people famous in six months on the Internet? And it turns out they can't. And the, yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really, really something. But anyway, we exploited this algorithm to where we had, for example, all of our content creators back when this all happened, uh, when this started cranking up. I think maybe we had five hundred thousand subs between all of us, Jaron and me and Bob and and uh, Eric Dubay and all those guys. Maybe half a million tops, and we were tracking at way multiples up we started at like 7 million and we ended up in the summer of 18 at 20.9 million which would just pass uh president trump and all of a sudden one day somebody writes me and goes yeah scoreboard's um scoreboard's gone i go what are you talking about they i, I go they stunt our numbers again i go the filter's not working they go no relevant search results does not show a number anymore I go for us, and I go for anyone, for all topics. It's like, oh no! <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, that was that was when things. In fact, the the video I'm going to make, I'll release on uh, a week or so. It's going to be called um, "When Flat Earth Changed Social Media Forever," because we uh, we showed how. Again, if you get a chance, watch Fake Famous. It shows the illusion that social media is. We always knew that anyway. You know, even going back to Facebook, you know, there's yeah. all these people on Facebook, you know, the Facebook page is oh, such happy, wonderful people. It's like, oh, no, he actually killed his family like two months ago. We know that by Facebook, though. Anyway. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's an interesting fly. I was thinking about the uh, the social media. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was, oh, yeah. It was, that's one of the things I noticed down in Dallas, too, was that um, – 
you know, in a lot of these different communities, it's like podcasting is like the big thing. But with, with Flat Earth, it was like they're really into YouTube. Like that was their thing. Yeah. Like everybody I talked to was like giving me little flyers or whatever for their YouTube channel. And it's like I don't yeah. – I don't know. I'm just from a different. I mean, you're probably you for you and I are probably relatively around the same age, but you're. I guess you're more of a of a technophile early adopter or something. Because it's like to me, it's like I just don't. I just never got into watching shit on YouTube. To me, it's just like I don't know. I, I'm just old school. Well, I'll just I'll just put on TV and watch TV. No, no, no. <laughs> it's fine. I I didn't get in. Well, yeah. I mean, I I did do tech support for a number of years, but for me, I did. I had a YouTube channel since 2007, I think. But I didn't build any videos. Now, most people, when they go on there, you know, they've got – if you're under a certain age, yeah, you've built some stupid videos. But the, that was the, the place to go to. It's kind of like eBay in that you know, if you want to sell some weird stuff, you sold it or bought it on eBay. Right, and right. Facebook, you posted some stuff, but everything else was really, really limited. And when, when I made my first videos in 2015, I, again, I didn't know anything about video editing at all. I used a free Windows Live Movie Maker from Microsoft and made the stuff, and you know, it was rough at best. But if the topic resonates, the topic resonates. And I just got, just got very fortunate. I was in the right place at the right time. But yeah, everybody, they, they just really... If a picture is worth a thousand year, uh, words, then YouTube seems like a natural place to start creating stuff. And the in the art community, people got so enthusiastic when they got into Flat Earth, you know, the whole Matrix red pill, blue pill thing, that when they got out of it, it's like, oh, my God, i got to tell people, I'm going to start I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And they yeah. did. And it just seemed like the, the, the alternatives really weren't there yet. So that yeah, we lived and breathed on YouTube, which is why I followed the stats as closely. I didn't realize how what we were doing until I started playing, look, look at the numbers, and running the different filters, and it, we were track tracking ridiculously high compared to, to other things. And I understood it. I mean, I'm not going to be so arrogant to say that um, that Flat Earth broke YouTube. Because it wasn't it wasn't just that we were this, YouTube was running into a situation that they couldn't they couldn't explain away. Uh, do you remember the the biggest YouTube guy ever, uh, PewDiePie? You remember that name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just this troll, not even American. How good could he be? Uh, just this troll <laughs> out of Sweden. Yeah, no, right? We have we have the best stuff. Come on, and. Um, he was this troll out of Sweden, and all he did was make stupid video game videos where he was laughing, just laughing at stuff. But he found the weakness in that he was one of the first early, early purchasers of social media currency, which was, you know, the the offshore account people, mostly Asia, that would sell you. And these are the same companies that would sell you Warcraft Gold, you know, the right, right. items. And they, but it's like, oh yeah, you want hits, you want likes, you want stuff. And so his marketing team started thinking because youtube pays you if you're if you're monetizing on your channel they pay you for the hits and the likes right. and the comments and the stuff so he was taking that some of that money and sinking it back more into subs which got him more money which was thinking and it became cyclical. right right yeah yeah, yeah well, exactly yeah there's, there's a problem there though because sooner or later you have to turn that off otherwise the numbers get ridiculous Meaning it's like, okay, so Katy Perry at the time had 30 million subs. He had 60? He had more than Taylor Swift <laughs> and Katy Perry, and he wasn't doing anything. 
And, yeah, yeah. And so, and he fooled Hollywood producers to where he, um, they, they even, I think it was Fox. They, they grabbed. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do. He likes doing pranks, even though he really didn't. I uh, call uh, Scare PewDiePie, and they t- gave him a, a show, and nobody watched it. And they're like, why is nobody watching it? Well, because there, uh, nobody was real. It was the equivalent yeah. of it was the equivalent of of uh, you know if you're a band you buy out all the tickets of a stadium and say it's a sold out show. It's like yeah, technically you're not lying. It's a sold out show, but there's nobody in the seats. So anyway, we we exposed all that, and we we were the ones that that uh, kind of figured out what was we showed what was real and what wasn't in terms of the the legitimate numbers. How's that? Anyway, a little sidebar. Yeah. Um, well, no, no, it's very interesting, that whole phenomenon. I know exactly what you mean. And it's, uh, yeah, the whole, it's, to me, it's like a foreign country or something, this YouTube thing, because, like, I do, I see, like, it'll come out in the news, like, a story about, uh, like, a famous YouTuber, and it's like, I don't know, even know who that is, like, who is that person? No. But that, that they act like, you know, that then they have, like, but they say, they're like, they have 25 million followers on YouTube, and it's like, what? Like, how the fuck, no, how is that even possible? Well, I'll give you. Let me give you a quick stat. Again, watch Fake Famous if you get a chance. There was this great stat where they something along the lines of there was a hundred million people on Instagram that had a hundred thousand subs or more, right? So basically, there was a hundred million famous people in the world. And it's like, what? There's like less than ten thousand famous people in the world. In fact, most people couldn't even name two hundred, let alone. And I'm stretching it when I say yeah. ten thousand. I'm just I'm just ballparking it. So who the hell are these these millions and millions of people? They're just people. The it's basically what it is. They've learned from. Oh, we did this. I mean, again, America. I blame you for this. Uh, between the Kardashians and the others, the the term you you've heard the term many times. Fake it till you make it, which mm-hmm. is basically all the people that want to be famous. They have now they they figured out the formula. The formula is you just say you're famous, you post pictures of you on a beach, maybe somewhere, if whether it's real or not, just say you're somewhere. Take your picture in front of some trees, say you're at a national park. Take a picture at a hotel a pool in the morning, say, oh no, I've rented out the entire hotel. Take a picture in a fake jet. And then, and you just, and they, they're hoping for corporate sponsorships. And it's like, why? Why would you do that? It's like, well, because it beats waiting tables. All these people are trying to, you know, because we've told people that it, it, social media, if you are not crushing it on social media, you're not worth anything. And I yeah. pity anyone under the anyone under the age of 25 right now. Oh, they're they're in so much trouble. Because <laughs> that's oh yeah, dude, life was a lot easier when we were kids. People. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Well, the, I'm glad. And, I'm, I'm but, glad. Uh... You know, you think like, oh, what would it be like if we had the internet back when we were kids? But it's like, thank God we didn't. Well, because... we, too yeah, we need them. Yeah, what I what I try to tell people, I go, I go, look, you want to know who's really who's legit and who's not? What have they done that's not, you know, have they done anything that's not on the internet? Have they done one of the five forms of art? You know, uh, pictures, sculptures, music, dance, or literature? Uh, have they written anything? You know, like like rock stars, for example, they do fine without the internet. Um, uh, I remember I d- I did a thing like um, uh, I was doing the numbers, and it's like, oh yeah, Brad Pitt was trending at like seven hundred thousand relevant search results on YouTube back in the day. It's like he doesn't even have a YouTube channel. It's like how is he tra- how is he trending seven hundred thousand? Well, because he was a you know a movie star that's done a whole bunch of things, and people talk about him. 
Uh, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> the kids, the kids are just lost. The um, what the the you'll again if you if you watch the the film you'll see it. But they, you know, back in the day, back when we were growing up, you, we were asking, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, a pilot, a fireman, a policeman, all these, you know, those are the most glamorous things you, know, you come up with. Yeah. Right? Now everyone answers, there's, there's not even a category. It's one thing, and that is, what do you want to be? I want to be famous. It's like, okay. They want to be influencer, right? No, 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 no. They just want to be, well, that's just it. The influencer thing might get them there, but it's like their ultimate goal is like, I want to be famous. It's like, Okay, what do you want to be famous for? Do what do you want to do? It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, well, you got to do something. You can't just be famous. They want what what's happened is they want the lifestyle. They're just like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, I want to sip champagne in my lounge chair and have people people point at me. It's like, okay, but you got to do something to get that. Um, I, sorry, I know we're off track here, but let me. There's a, no, uh, no, let me end this part. There's there's this great line by Brad Pitt. Where he and he's not known for a lot of quotes, but his quote was really good. He goes, "You know, he goes, you know what the worst part of being an A-list movie star is? He goes, you have to get up every day and go to work." And he was absolutely <laughs> true. And that is, when you reach that level, you're working harder than anyone. You know, you're you're constantly. It's like, oh, if I'm not reading scripts, I'm doing this. And of course, you know, you get the perks. You get to go to do, go do cool things. But you're working all the time because yeah. you know what it took to get there. You know, it's that, that secret Hollywood thing that all actors really hate each other because they're considered a threat because they had to sit in those hallways and those casting calls and everybody in that hallway, you're hoping to God that something happens. Like, oh, I could have just wished them all away. But anyway. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of a, a quote I always think of from uh, Bill Murray where he said, people always tell him they want to be rich and famous. And he says, just just set for rich. You don't need the fame. The fame is... <laughs> That's that's yeah. you know that's the pain in the ass part of it all. Um, yeah, most most of the time it is Wait, because once you reach yeah, talk about hypocrisy of it. Once you reach a certain level of fame, you can't go out anymore. Right. You you you, you want this fame, but it's like okay, once you become a full blown a lister, why you have to wear sunglasses and a hat just to go to the freaking grocery store? You have to have people get you things because the public that built you this fame. The public that you wanted their adulations, you know, that you wanted them to to uh, you want you desire your autograph, they you now you the it annoys you, and it's it's so funny. It's like you see Hollywood people, you know, throwing stuff at cars. It's like leave me alone, stop taking my pictures. It's like, dude, just don't go out in public. You can't do it anymore. Yeah. That's why you, you don't you don't see it. it's like hide in your mansion. That's it. But yeah, you're, but he's right. It's like take rich, take the wealth. Um, you don't. Now let's talk a little bit about Dallas. I had a great time down there. It's uh, that was one of the um, sort of there was a lot of shit that sucked last year, but one one of the big ones was like when I left Dallas, I'm like I'm fucking going to this the next <laughs> I'm going to the next event. I want to hang out with these people again um, because I enjoyed all the folks down there. Um, you know they were all very nice people and everything. Um, a handful of colorful characters, but you get that at every event, like we talked about. Um, I loved Top yeah. Hat guy. I thought he was great. Um, what? First of all, it was sort of like uh, I, <laughs> I, my heart was broken almost immediately upon returning because then uh, I went to the website to find out some information about the event and everything, and then it was like, yeah, this was it. We're not doing it anymore. Um, so what? 
what happened well, with, with the Flat Earth International? Uh, okay, okay. So the initial, the, the first three conferences, so it was Raleigh in 2017, Denver in 2018, and Dallas in 2019. They were all done by the same guy. Now, initially, the first conference was a ta- it was supposed to be two guys. It was supposed to be Robbie Davidson and Brian Mullen, who was a structural engineer out of South Carolina, which is why the, um, uh, the first conference was, was down in the Carolinas. Unfortunately, I did not know this, but now I do, is that when you, get, when you get become an engineer or a lawyer or what, something that requires a certificate, you are beholden to that profession, that institution. And so once somebody, once some other engineer who was not a flat earther, I don't know who it was that exactly ratted him out, found out that Brian was co-host sponsoring a flat earth conference, he called up the engineer ethics committee. And said, "Yeah, I think you should you should talk to him." And they called him up, and he had to get a lawyer. And they basically said, "You have to distance oh, yourself as quickly as possible." So anyway, Robbie Robbie ended up doing it solo, which you know, with anything, if you have one guy that's running it, he's going to take some liberties. So the first conference actually was a dream by comparison. We were just kind of going through it, and we were just happy to be there, and happy the media was 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 with us. Denver turned into that was when Robbie started no, realizing it's like you know what I can make some money because conference promoters if you play your cards right you can make money uh, doing yeah. this especially if if you're not really paying the the speakers a whole lot of money or only paying a few and you're keeping it really close to the vest as far as who's getting paid and who's not yeah because the tickets to this event weren't cheap I mean it was it's an interesting cool. conundrum because the I can only speak to the Dallas event, but I mean the tickets weren't cheap. But at the same time, the venue was. Well, I mean, you go to some of these paranormal conventions; they're held like in a in a Knights of Columbus somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. It's like uh, right, for right, maybe right. like five hundred bucks or whatever. But this was like, this was this was like I was blown away by the venue in Dallas. I'm like, holy shit! This is like a real. Uh, oh, yeah. This is like first class all the way. So I mean, who no, knows? No. I mean, I don't know necessarily if you make any money or you lose money or whatever. But yeah, it was well, everything he, there he was kept... top notch. He kept charging more and more every year, and he got himself his first round of trial. Okay, so it was two. He he got hit two years in a row, and that was pretty much the end for for him. And it, it, he didn't even know the, the pandemic. He was not going to do the Vegas conference. But everyone else was going to do the Vegas conference in 2020. So the first one, he told everybody that an internet or that a celebrity he didn't even say an internet celebrity he said a celebrity contacted him and is going to be the guest of honor and they they were a flat earth curious and they were going to you know make a, a big announcement at the conference in denver and he kept it real nobody knew nobody freaking knew and no one was gonna and, and it never got out and we he let the hype just Fly to where people at one point we we were convinced it was Will Smith or um, or someone definitely an A-lister, right? That, that was good because yeah. he was saying, well, they're a musician and they're an actor, and it's like, wow, really? What 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 are we looking at here? And so what happens was we wait, and he still he is not giving it up. And that night, the night before the conference opened. Uh, I remember David Weiss came up to me. He goes, he goes, we we know who it is. And it's like who? Because whoever it was didn't show up at the mixer the night before. Did not show yeah. up. 
It's like, it's like, well, it's Logan Paul. And nobody in the room but me knew who Logan Paul was. Right. Logan so I'm Paul talking about these celebrities, these YouTube celebrities that are like, who? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. YouTube celebrity, Logan Paul, who basically he's the, he's the poor man's version of Jackass. Jackass and Johnny Knoxville did it way better. They did it way earlier, and I'm sorry that they quit because he was one of those. He's an, an American internet troll. That's all he does. He's he's stuck in eighth grade in terms of his mentality, and he's, he's just an awful, awful guy. I mean, he's just the worst. I mean, he makes America right, right. terrible. I and think we so talked about him on I, the show last time, but yeah, okay, so go on. Yeah, yeah, so he yeah. shows I, up I, and, I, and kind of sullies the uh, – yeah, you said you walked out, right? I, yeah. I, I, I walked. I walked. I, I said I, – and he was going to be on stage before me. He was doing the intro to the freaking show, and I'm going, what are you talking about? I, I, I'm opening the show. And he's going, nope. It's like, holy shit. And Robbie basically let the hype just go through the freaking roof. Forward to the next year. Okay. D- uh, Dallas, right? This is then the one with Benal in attendance. The what? This is the one with me in attendance, so I can... I yeah, can, yeah, yeah. You were in, a, right. you were in attendance. And in this case, it's like, okay, well, we know now. We're, we, we tried to learn from our mistakes. And this time, it's like we're not letting internet celebrities come in. Everybody has to contact us. No secrets. It's like, all right, fine, no secrets. And that's when the you know, Jimmy Kimmel's guys showed up. And then, the, so there was kind of a two, there was a one-two punch there. So Jimmy Kimmel's guy shows up, and a few of our guys were pretty much coming after Rick. I'm sorry, going after Robbie, saying that, that Robbie knew. That it's like, oh, that Jimmy let him in. It was the same thing like a Logan Paul last year where Robbie was in on the joke and nobody else knew. It's like, all right, well, it's possible. He did, uh, he did it the day before. And then he did um, – uh, oh, crap. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. The comedian. You're talking about the stand-up comedian? Yeah, the stand-up comedian at the end. Oh, my God. Why can't I remember his name off, off the top of my head? Um, Owen or something? Oh. Owen Benjamin. Oh, thank God. Yeah, thank there you for you that. Owen, Owen Benjamin. He, uh, oh, I can't believe it. his name. I don't really talk to the guy. So Owen Benjamin does his comedic routine, the you know, to, on one of those nights, and some of the, the you know the the people in the audience, but again, half of our community are strong Christians, didn't thought it was it was too off color. And it's and of course I can't really fault Robbie for that one because like look you knew who he was going to be you didn't go online and just watch one of his routines they're all out there he's not hard to find and between those two things that was it they 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 it left too much of a bad taste in people's mouth I honestly I also didn't have a problem with the Jimmy Kimmel thing because. You know, I watched the segment on the show, and it's like he, he gave us a full seven minutes, seven minute on his show. That's right. mainstream gold. It's like, why the hell would you complain about that? There's people that would love to have that 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 team make fun of us. It's like the only people I was sad about that didn't come after us was Saturday Night Live. Um, but between those two things, that was it. They they said, okay, next year they, they formed a committee right away, and they said, okay, we're moving this thing to freaking Vegas. Airlines will be cheap. Hotels are going to be cheap. It'll be a blast. People will get to go do fun things outside. It'll be it'll be wonderful. And yeah, it's yeah, going to be awesome. Close. I heard. I heard. I was. 
I, you know, I, I have some, I have connections to the flat earth community. They were telling me about it sure. and, uh, yeah, I was, I was making plans to go. So, yeah. Oh, no, I, I think I, Vegas would have been, in fact, uh, Patricia and I back in 2015 thought we were thinking of doing a conference for 2016 and it was like, yeah, you know what? Let's do freaking Vegas. I, it's very reasonable, but we couldn't, we put feelers out there and people thought, no, you know, Vegas is too, too commercial and it's too deviant and there's all sorts of bad things happen in Vegas. And it's like, all right, fine. And so that's why the, the conference in 2016 didn't happen. It's like, all right, fine. So we just did meetups, tons and tons of meetups in 2016. Now, what I noticed when I was there down in Dallas, and we talked about this a little bit before the show started, I kind of guess, I guess I just want to know why you think this is the case. But, uh, and I've joked about this with people a lot, not even joke, this is true. I laugh about it, is that, yeah. You know, so I'm there in Dallas, and I'm putting pictures up of the event. And I'm not even – like, I'm not a flat earther, so I'm not like, hey, this is – you know, it, it was, they were completely – I don't like to – I'm an entertainer. I'm not a journalist. So I, I was essentially putting up – you know, putting up the pictures, but at, in a journalistic way, where it's like, here's the ballroom or whatever of the Flat Earth Conference, essentially. So no – no one way or the other, no ha-ha is in the silly or like no rah-rah flat earth. Just here's a picture from the flat earth conference. And within like definitely in the first – within minutes really, but over the course of the weekend, I was just bombarded with people saying the most hateful, vitriolic stuff uh, that I'm not even like comfortable repeating in general, uh, just like just terrible, terrible things, wishing ill things upon all, all the people in Dallas, just all kinds of just cruel and hateful things. And it was like it kind of clicked into my like I got the I got the experience of being a flat earther over the weekend where it was like, shit, these guys get hammered, man. Like these guys <laughs> just get hammered. And it's not like. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I know people in all the different communities, so it's like, ah, well, the people that believe in UFOs, they actually get treated with a lot of respect nowadays because it's so, it's so mainstream and popular, UFOs, but that, that time will pass. But, you know, it, 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 the, the worst, you're into Bigfoot, you're into ghosts, you're into UFOs, people kind of laugh at you, you know, think you're kind of wacky or whatever. But, like, if you're in a flat earth, people, like, they fucking hate you. So, so, like, why? First of all, why do you think that is? Like, why? What is it about this, about this conspiracy theory that that makes people so angry? Because it's so polarizing. Because it's the first conspiracy you ever hear about without even knowing it when you're growing up. Meaning, let, let's give you a quick example. In America, we have a flag in our classroom. Right? Something, depending on where you grow up, you say the Pledge of Allegiance to it, and so on and so on. And if you go through high school, I mean, that's 12 years of seeing the flag. And there are some people that join the military partially based on staring at that flag and saying the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, year after year after year, the conditioning's always there. Well, usually below that flag in the corner of that classroom is just this little spinning toy globe. That's a huge amount of conditioning. You know, the, the flag it represents like, oh, yeah, it's my country. That's where I live. That's the earth. That's where I live. You say that for 12 years straight, even though you're not you know, necessarily vocalizing it, that gets reinforced and burned into your head to where you will have – I'll give you a great example. I don't, remember, uh, I don't know if I remember telling you this the last time. When I clicked on my first 
Flat Earth video back in 2014, summer 2014. I got a visceral response immediately. I got flushed. I was embarrassed. And I was alone in a room with the drapes pulled. And I got embarrassed. And I'm a veteran internet guy. I've seen a lot of weird naked stuff online, right? Nothing embarrasses me anymore. It's like, oh, yeah, it's not my thing. Change categories. But this, so it's like, I was like, why am I embarrassed? Why am I, why am I actually, you know, getting a hot flash because of this? And that's because of the conditioning. We are told it is Orwellian straight up, which is a, a, the, a great example would be the, the five lights, four lights thing where the, if you condition, you know, you just like you set somebody down and you have lights above, above them. It's like, how many lights are there? And if, if there's four lights, right? And if they say four lights, you hit them and you say, no, there's five lights. You do that enough times. They and this is done study after study after study. They will see five lights eventually because your mind will eventually force itself into that into that reality. You tell people the the, the great line from George Orwell, which he said he was talking. And I, I put this quote in the description box of every video I make, which is he said in 1946. He goes, he was not a flat earther, kind of like you. He said he goes, you walk up to anybody on the street, you ask them how they know the world's a globe. They'll, their first reaction is always the same. It's like, what are you talking about? We know. It's known. It's a, it's a given. And then you say, really? How do you know? Then their wheels start to spin, and then they start getting agitated because then they realize it's not that they know. It's that they've been told. And that's very different things. Because remember, this is 1946 when he wrote this. How does everybody in the world know there was a globe in 1946? NASA wasn't even founded until 1958. How'd they know? They didn't. Just they were told this, and their parents were told it, and back generations after generation. So that's why people get mad. Um, it's, it's kind of like telling someone. It's just so much layers of, of um, indoctrination, they, they can't escape it. It's like telling somebody after they're 30 that, they've been, that they're adopted, right? just walking up to somebody, even if they're your friend. Like, yeah, that's an interesting analogy. Yeah, that makes right? that's an well, it's true. Analogy, because yeah. you, you, yeah. the, the first reaction is always going to be, get out of here, BS, no way. And then, it, and it doesn't matter to them, but if their wheels start turning enough, what happens is they're, they're not just looking at an idea then, they're looking at an idea back in time to where it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, who were those people? They were at my parents' house. They seemed really, they seemed to really like me a lot. Was there a basket involved? They, they, they start. It's, it ripples through time. So when I tell the people, it's like, oh yeah, it's something you've been talking. Which I talked about in the clues. I said it's something that you. It's the only thing we debunk to children. You know, we don't talk, tell children about any other conspiracy, anything. But we do tell every freaking child. It's like, oh yeah, we used to think the Earth was flat. Now we say it's a globe. Spin, spin, spin. Here, where point on here where you live. And that is a very, very powerful thing. I mean, CIA pays top dollar for that sort of conditioning. And we yeah. gave it to everybody for, for free. And so, yeah, that's, that's why. It's a, it's a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, it, okay. is, it is straight up the five stages of acceptance, the first one being denial, followed by anger, followed by bargaining and depression, and finally acceptance. I run into the, the dedicated troll channels that have hundreds of thousands of subs now. We've created this little cottage industry of trolls on online that go against us. They will be in denial and anger forever. 
because that's what that's what their audience demands. They're not coming out. Right. No way. So yeah, there's yeah, a lot of vitriol. It's pretty eye opening. It's the most. It's, <laughs> there is no other topic that generates that sort of polarization. I don't care if it's uh, gay rights, black rights, women's rights, stem cell research, abortion. Doesn't really matter. No, red team, blue team, nothing generates the this sort of. I mean, it's not to where again. It's it, it, we're only lucky in that people don't come at us directly. You know, you think that a lot of flat earthers get just punched out, right? No, it's because you wait, wait, don't hate the player, hate the game. They they're not. It's not that they hate me. For example, I get I get all sorts of horrible comments in my uh, in my inbox. It's, they hate the idea. I'm just I'm just the messenger. I'm just the one that right, threw the right. idea out there. The the flat I didn't invent flat Earth. None of us did. The flat Earth has been around for a long, long time. So they just don't like wrestling with it. Also, sorry, one more thing. It's the only conspiracy. No, no. Every other conspiracy you can you don't want to look about it or look at it. You don't have to. The, you know you the you don't have to like take whatever conspiracy. I'm not going to rattle them off here. You know what they are. You don't have to look at it. There's secrets that can be kept in the desert, and there's there's stuff that you don't have to ever think about. It's like, yeah, I don't want to look about it. But with this, it's again kind of like the Matrix, where it's like it's telling somebody it's different from saying, oh yeah, by the way, the government's doing creepy things. No, this is saying, oh yeah, by the way, that world that you think you know, you don't. And I, I remember a caller from back even in 2015, where as an older guy and. He he said, "How dare you? How dare you tell me the world isn't what I think it is?" And I was like, "Yeah, well, there you go." I mean, it's, it, but again, he wasn't. He wasn't. I, I don't get a lot of follow up where people are, 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 and nobody does. Even Nathan Thompson. You think he would have gotten punched out by now? And he doesn't. Uh, in, in, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the the knee jerk response. People just, it's a yeah. It's they a get really weapon. angry. It's pretty wild. Um, yeah, but it's, now this is. Kind of, Go ahead. Good. No, go ahead. Uh, all right. All right. Well, this is – I'm going to have to hit you with a tough question here now. This is a really – because this is disheartening. So I, I'm watching – Sky made a video down in Dallas. Uh, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. He looked like the kid from uh, Silicon Valley, and he was, like, interviewing all these people. He's, like, wearing a suit. It got a lot of play. It was a pretty popular I YouTube try, I, By the way, I walked in front of him probably half a dozen times and made sure that people in his team knew who I was. He never would talk to me. But, anyway, go ahead. Well, the point being is uh, – so what, the disheartening part is – so he makes the movie, and he makes the video, and he interviews a bunch of people. And at the end, he, he wraps up with, like, a couple of people who – drop some pretty anti-Semitic stuff, and it's like, ah, oh, shit, man. And I've heard, I've heard like people kind of try to intimate that the flat Earth is is somehow connected with anti-Semitism and stuff. But I mean, I was there. I was embedded with these people for like three weeks, and no one. Yeah. I mean, three days, excuse me, and no well, one no, said. You know, well, I, and there's elements yeah, of that I think in a lot of communities, but maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm. So what is what is well, the no, deal no, with that? Dallas was different in that the most anti-Semitic person in the room was uh, Owen Benjamin. He is not shy about it, and it comes from a very specific circumstance. Meaning, he's from he's one of the Hollywood people. He did mainstream movies. He did all sorts of fun things. He knew all sorts of people. And he was exposed to a lot of producer uh, I, 
I don't even know what the word. I, I don't want to say the word shenanigans because it sounds too light. Producer horribleness. How's that? Producer cruelty. Which is, is uh, and and so he and he dealt with it enough to where he now has the he paints it, it like all producers have to be Jewish and if they're Jewish they're horrible, or or vice versa and that that is his take on it and there are a number of people in the conspiracy world that fall into that it's like are there a lot of Jewish producers yes there are are there a lot of producers that do horrible things yes there are. Does one equal the other? No, it does not. Uh, it's just how things work out. I mean, uh, um, right. I, I, don't, I don't mind saying, it. look, Jewish people have a very keen, one of their, one of their big traits, one of their top two big traits is they have a very keen sense of enter, entertainment. They know what works. They know producing, and you combine that with money, and oh, bingo, you got, you got a producer. And, but, the, you know, power corrupts, always has. And I try to. I, I, I'm not trying to justify what happens to a lot of people in Hollywood, but it's also a two-sided thing. Whereas you have very desperate people, you know, actors and singers and models that want to make it. They want to make it out there because they're running away from something. In most cases, they're trying to escape their lives, and it's like, oh, Hollywood, and they'll that'll give it to them. And so you have people come into a room. And on the other side of the room, you have people with money, and you know, the, the other side, you have people on a couch saying, I will do anything to get this part. And you have people on the other side who are, yeah, you know what? I'll take you up on that. Not only that, I'll promise you and the next 20 people in that hallway the same damn thing. And it just escalates, and it turns into a horrible thing. Owen was in the middle of that, and he told stories uh, you know, about the awful stuff that happened out there, and it's still happening out there. Not All right. Well, he wasn't but... in the video, though. He wasn't. He wasn't the one in the no, video. There were a couple no, but, attendees, but, but, and I guess what I'm trying to get at is essentially, I guess I guess, what I'm trying to get at is like I, I hear flat Earth linked to anti-Semitism a lot, and I've never really, I don't really see it. So to me, cause no, look, and if I thought uh, this was, very... if I thought this was some kind of anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, I wouldn't. Be even covering no, 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 no. it because that's not, abhorrent. Not you know, I don't do neo Nazis and shit. I don't have people like that on my show, so I, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. do that either. It's not directly linked in any way, shape, or form. There are, of course, in any group, you're going to have some anti-Semitic people. Uh, one of the early ones, the one that dogged us for a while, but it, it ended up working itself out naturally, was uh, Eric Dubay. He was one of the early flat Earth guys, and he made a video. Uh, back, oh God, I think it was in 2015, called, it was four hours long, and it was just didn't make any sense. I mean, he's like, he did like 30 Flat Earth videos in a row, and all of a sudden I'm making, he makes a four-hour video that said Adolf Hitler versus the Jew World Order. And it's like, uh, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, put that on another channel. Put that on something. And eventually it drew the attention of the censors, and his channel got burned down, and he got another channel, did the same thing, got burned down. In fact, he was supposed to be in the documentary, the uh, the behind the curtain. Yeah. And I, as you know, I've I've talked to a number of producers over the last six years, and all I have to do when they ask me about them, I am not shy about saying it because I do not want them to. Be, I don't want anyone to sneak up, and I don't want the impression that you know you and I are kind of talking about here, where I say, look, I go, it doesn't really happen very often, but every once in a while we will run into an anti-Semitic person. Eric is one of those people, and as soon as I say that. That's it. it is no, there's no discussion. They're like, oh, right. yeah, okay, he's off. He, he's not, yeah, on, he's I mean, not on the list. Exactly. It's like, 
I sent messages to to people that he knew. I said, look, he will never. In fact, there was a producer out of um, True Television, New York. She told me, you know, she wanted him tapped as well. And she says, she goes, will you tell him? She goes, he, she will never be able to do anything if he doesn't, you know, backtrack from that immediately. And he never did. So I was like, all right. It's, but no, no, no. The flyer community, no. What, we don't care. We don't discriminate in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I made well, I made a video. Hold about on. It. Let me just stop you, Mark. It, it, uh, we can go. Uh, it, it let us go over the hour and talk. We're going to lose live audience. You can go a little longer. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I can go on but, a little longer. Sure. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to stop your train of thought, but yeah, yeah. No, well, I no, got no, the no. like certainly got the impression from talking to people that like like the best way I can put it to the audience is like. They didn't seem to really care about anything but the flat earth. <laughs> so I would no. try to get opinions on on the upcoming election, um, about uh, about UFOs, about Bigfoot. It's like about QAnon. And most people there, like almost everybody I talked to, they just didn't give a fuck about anything but the flat but the flat earth. So right. that's that, I didn't get any sense of like there didn't seem to be any political. Uh, bent to this, there didn't seem to be any really. I mean, there was a there was a like sort of a Christian root to it because they a lot of folks seem to believe that it came from the Bible, but it wasn't like a hostile thing. It was just like uh, you know, just people were super religious. So, so yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like the the first conference we had, the the promoter Robbie, he got grief on both sides because after the conference was over, and that's how you knew he did it right. Because half the community the, said it was too religious, and the other half said it wasn't religious enough. So when we did Denver, and I think Dallas too, definitely De- definitely Dallas, there were two stages. If you didn't, if you remembered, one had yes. more of a Christian side of it, and the other one didn't. Because it's like, yeah, we're just not going to mix the two. We're just going to let people figure this one out for themselves. But no, it's a very very upbeat community, and. Most of them, yeah, don't like talking about anything else uh, if, they, if they can help it. It tends to lean Republican, just so you know, and but that also is also tied to the the evangelical Christian side of things. Yeah. So I mean, but then again, I have talked to you know the the the, the flat earthers that are in the closet. Most of them are Democrats, for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's funny. I, we really didn't. I, Politics like never really came up, which is shocking because in like 2019, uh, well, you know, in this day and age, like if politics doesn't come up, it's like how the fuck do you even avoid talking about politics? But like it almost never ever came up, so that was that was one of the things that was really like, well, that's weird coming home from it. Well, um, I also remember also remember that in 2019, everybody thought that Trump was just going to get reelected. So it's like, why? What do we care? It's like there's nobody thought in a million years like who, who you got running up going to run against him. And even in the beginning of 2020, no one's like, no, no, wait, 2020, or 2019, the election well, was 20, late 2019 when we were in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, so, late 2019. Yeah. Anyway, so, so anyway, but yeah. Um, now this is sort of an interesting question. I'm sure you get this all the time. I may have even asked it to you last time you were on the show. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're out of the we're out of the heady waters now. So, <laughs> so, oh, so we're, we're we're wrapping it up. Um. So I don't know if you saw this. So this guy in Scotland, he's he's irritated with his flat Earth friends. So he starts to go fund me to buy a seat on like the Virgin 
uh, thing to send someone into space, you know. Um, and he's going to uh, – he says – I don't even know. I haven't, I haven't checked in on it since he did this, but he launched a GoFundMe, and he, want, he wanted yeah. to send a prominent flat earther to space. This is why maybe you've yeah. heard of this. So, so would, oh, a, I, would, I, you, I am... would you take him up on the offer? And, and I guess the, 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 the second part of that question is the question I'm sure you get a lot, which is like what would it take to convince you that the earth is in fact round? Or spherical yeah, or whatever. First, first, I am intimately involved in that in the first part of this, which is okay. the 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 television team, the Phil and Holly show that Philip and Holly show that that had me over in uh, the beginning of 2020. They contacted me not even maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. and they said, I think I still have the email. Where they said, "Hey, this guy on on our, in the UK is trying to do a GoFundMe to do the whole Virgin Galactic thing. Would you be willing to go?" And I said, "Yeah, of course I'd be willing to go. It's never going to happen, but you can try all you want." And I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to be a, a naysayer necessarily. What I was saying was that Virgin Galactic, out of the three companies, private companies out there, Virgin Galactic, um, Blue Horizon, and of course SpaceX. Virgin Galactic is not doing anything. I mean, they're just blowing things up. People are dying. You know, test pilots are, are dying. And so, and, and yet he's still selling tickets at a quarter million dollars a pop for something that's never, ever going to happen. But yes, of course. Of course I would do it. Now, is there something that, that you could do other than putting me into space, which they're never going to allow it to happen ever, uh, that um, people have asked me that over the last few years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's two things two things you can do. One's actually pretty cheap and the other's even cheaper. Uh one is take just take a four K camera, put that on the top capsule of any rocket that's gonna leave orbit. A- any anything that's gonna leave orbit and point it down at the ground and let that sucker run. And you will see eventually the, the landscape will morph into a globe and, and it will leave, which should have been done during like the Tesla Roadster in space which they just cut the transmission. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to head this way, and camera's off. It's like, why'd you cut the cameras? It's just whatever. So that's never happened in the history of space travel, by the way, that footage you're talking about. Statistically, stunning to me that no one's figured that out yet, that there is no footage of any any camera that's, that's leaving, leaving orbit for any reason. Um, but the other one's even easier, which is because somebody said, well, is there anything you can do on the ground? That could then it's like oh some some laser tests some boat tests and this. I think no 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 all you have to do for me is give me the um it was a challenge I put out for at least three years maybe even more and they just gave up because no one was going to do it which is the vacuum chamber test which is every no spacesuit has failed in the history of anything right also statistically unlikely um loan me a spacesuit don't have to give it to me loan me a spacesuit if you want to do it on NASA property that's fine put me in a vacuum chamber. Pull the switch. Tell me what happens. And by that, I mean what magical property is in that backpack that we saw. And, you know, not, the, not this tethered G-force <laughs> pilot. What's in the backpack that, that compensates for the pressure difference between what we're breathing in and, and a zero molecule area? It's, it doesn't exist. Like, there is no – it completely goes against the law of thermodynamics. Thermodynamics says that you cannot have pressure – next to non-pressure without some sort of barrier. And if it's a soft barrier, it's going to go absolutely rigid. The astronauts should have turned into a parade float and just tipped over and then burst and died. And it never, ever happened. 
So I don't need to go to the moon. I need to go to space. Just put me in a vacuum chamber. And here's the thing. This is why they, they'll never do it, because I figured out a way to, to prove it. It cost me $4. Because um, you could put somebody in a chamber, you pull a lever, make some noise. It's like, well, you're in a vacuum chamber now. It's like, no, 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 no. No, to prove you're in a vacuum chamber, all you need is one of three things. Uh, one is just a little balloon that's partially inflated. That thing will blow up super rigid and detonate. Two would be just a glass of tap water, just sitting in a glass. Just put it on because tap water will start to boil when it's in a vacuum. And three is a bell. And you, you know the test from long, long ago. And that is a bell, once you suck the air out of the chamber, doesn't make any sound because the sound can't go anywhere because it's not actually vibrating. Nothing's, nothing's carrying through. The, the part that, again, the, one of the reasons why is this has never resonated with anyone outside of our community is because most people don't even understand what a vacuum is. It's like what we're breathing in right now, what you're talking in, is kind of a soup. Now, it's not, it's not even, it's barely nitrogen, or it's barely oxygen. It's 20% oxygen and 80% nitrogen. And, but the different, but we can't see it. It's just, it's invisible to our, in, to our spectrum. But if you so, show somebody a vacuum chamber, from our eyes, it looks identical. So, which is why they get away with what they get away with. I mean, look up, you know, astronaut in a vacuum chamber. You'll find almost nothing. In fact, the number one video, if I think it's still there, is James May, one of the guys from Top Gear in a G-Force suit. There should be thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of astronauts training in vacuum chambers. That's what you'd want to do. You'd want to train in a, in a vacuum, in a, use a suit. They train in a swimming pool. Well, that's the exact opposite. Pressure is coming in from the outside. Well, why would you train? Well, because it's got this floaty feel, and you want them to, to practice the floaty thing. I go... Where does the floaty feel exactly happen? On space station, I understand, but definitely not on the moon. Remember, sorry, go off track here for a second. This gets tied into the vacuum chamber thing. When you're on the moon, supposedly it's one-sixth Earth gravity. Of course, how did you find that out with what? I'm not sure. But if that was the case, a 180-pound man would weigh 30 pounds. So why is he moving in slow motion? If anything, he'd be moving in fast motion. He'd be moving very, very quickly. His muscles would be extremely efficient. In fact, it'd be feats of strength. He could have a vertical leap of, I don't know, five, six feet, at least, even if he was white. And so what the hell? And anyway, all these things? No. Sorry, vacuum chamber test. That's the short answer. You want to prove it to me? Get a university. All There's right. a whole bunch of them all over the place. Never going to happen. Um, They're never going let, let to let me do it. All right. Now, what? I guess here we are, May 2021. I, as I said to you, I get the feeling things are kind of slowing a little down for the flat earth you probably disagree that's fine we we disagree on a lot of things um but what what you what's your sort of what's the state of this community here now uh now we're a lot more it's fair to say we're pretty much post-pandemic uh as far as like being able to travel and stuff do you foresee more meetups is there going to be another event um you know what's well what's the what's what's exciting no, you right we, now about about you know do you see any new developments or innovations or rising stars here in, in the flat earth field uh no and the reason why is nothing to do with the topic the topic is still in my opinion is as good as it's ever been i mean there's the people that have been reaching out to me recently have been pretty huge however it's the conspiracy world at large which is in trouble. It's not just flat earthers. And by that I mean something we were talking about earlier. The conspiracy world, at least our side of it, you know, have hardcore conspiracy people, they're not going to take the shot. 
So if they don't take it, what happens moving forward? Meaning, are all of a sudden they are lumped in? Meaning the the stereotype and the label that's going to be thrown on us is going to be tied to anti-vax and all the other fun stuff. And yeah, conferences are going to be tough. I I won't be able to travel internationally. Uh, I know this already. Uh, it's it's going to be almost impossible. Traveling domestically is going to get tricky soon. Um, people in corporations they, they, just because the things were released, you know, opened up today, you know, with the CDCs, oh yeah, everything's fine. If you're vaxxed, you're absolutely fine. Well, the corporations, it's going to be very, very different. Try getting a hospital procedure if you're if you don't have the shot. Try going to on an international flight. Try you know getting your kids to go to school without without the shot. It's, so no, sorry, I don't want to end necessarily on a down note, but it's it's, it's a real concern, which is you the, the, not <laughs> the flyers community and the conspiracy world is in a, a real weird crossroads right now. Yeah, well, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I'm not down at all because I already got the shot, so I'm fine with it. I, uh, and that's I, fine. You know, no, it, to it, me, it's totally fine. I'm just saying that our group won't. So no, I get what that. happens? I get well, so what happens? What happens to us? It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be like, oh, yeah, happy days, and we're going to – I mean, once the enforcement, once the identification becomes standardized, we will be voluntarily become second-class citizens. So, yeah, it's not going to be the same for us. But, again, it's not just us. It's the whole conspiracy community. They're all going to be well, – everybody who doesn't going to get the vaccine pretty much. Um, and yeah, I guess to me, the, the argument I have, I guess, in a sense, is like it's it's like, look, it. I get you probably have some misgivings about this vaccine, and I'm sure you could rattle them off. And that's I get what you're saying, okay? Yeah. Um, I get that you feel that way. But to me, it's like I just want to be a part. I just want to fucking not have to deal with all that shit, man. Well, you know? And look at Mark. I don't know what kind of lifestyle you lead, but like. I've the, the shit I've put in my body over the fucking last 42 years, you know, you know let's g- yeah. just give me the fucking job. I don't care. I really don't care. I'm only like, I'm like 40 something. How much longer am I going to live anyway? I just want to, I just, I don't, I don't want the fucking hassle of it all. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. No, my, my big <laughs> thing, there's, there's a whole, most of the religious or most of the conspiracy world will do it for various medical reasons. Um, for me, it is, but believe it or not, even though I've rattled off a whole bunch of stuff to you, um, it is strictly religious. It is something I have been waiting and I really was hoping it wasn't going to happen in my lifetime. Uh, but it is the whole buy or sell without the mark, Revelation 13, straight up. So I've, I've been kind of looking out the corner of my eye for since I was six years old. And so, you know, that's just, it's just my personal I hear opinion. You. But if uh, it's just one of those things. So, but anyway, sorry to to get back to the thing. The, the, if you're asking, it's like, oh, upcoming stars, what's going to happen to the flatters? It's like, uh, kind of like what Biden said about the Republican Party. I don't know what's going to happen to the whole conspiracy world soon, because they are going to, you know, the the more they dig in their heels, the more they're going to have the label on them. And so it's like, all right, it's it's not gonna it's gonna get worse before it gets better. How's that? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's for sure. You know, yeah. and I can tell you, I, oh, I guess I, I see what you're saying about the religious thing. But my my attitude about that and a lot of the things is like, oh, they're going to chip us and everything. It's like, look, dude, every like you said earlier, like more people have cell phones than clean water. Like, what do you fucking think the cell phones are? That's the chip. Mm-hmm. 
That's the chip. They got everybody to just take the chip. They got people to pay for the chip. They got people to want the chip. They got you have to upgrade the chip every two or three years. Like it's already happened. They already have chipped us. Like, like it's yeah. the idea of sticking it in your skin is not palatable right now. Maybe they will eventually convince people. Look at I saw, I I predicted like, you know, remember that like Pokemon Go thing? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was. We a, could go around with your phone, and you'd fucking look around with it, and you'd see like little Pokemon's, uh, yeah. you well, know, uh, on the park bench traffic. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like that to me was like that was the litmus test where it's like, okay, now if this this thing, they're gonna sort of try to make this more, and eventually it's gonna be like, well, no, you can just get the thing in your eye, and it'll be easy or whatever. Like, I think there has to be some kind of. It's going to take a long time for people to want to stick shit in their body, but 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 right. they're not, certainly trying to prepare us for it. But as far as like the sort of the very basic ideas of like you can't buy or sell without the thing and 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 all that, it's like they've pretty much already got all that with the with the trying to like live a life without a cell phone, trying to be a part of society without it. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. I hear you. But again, I'm I'm more of a stickler when it comes to this. I, I've I understand. Seen, seen seen too much writing on the wall, and again, I'm in the minority because most of the people in the Christian community <clears throat> they believe the reason why the the churches haven't been other than there really hasn't been church for the last year. The reason why the the church hasn't taken more of a stand on this is because just about every church in in the in the Christian side of things is told that they don't have to worry about it because that's all. The, because the the rapture probably heard about that the the rapture yeah. would happen before this happened and yeah. and it's like so now it's like well yeah but what if it doesn't you know it's like it's like well you don't have to worry about that you know the plagues and all this stuff because you'll be raptured beforehand it's called pre tribulation mm-hmm. and and so now the argument is like well what what if it what if that that timeline's wrong you know then then yeah. what do you have a backup plan nobody had a backup plan. So now the the Christians are are in massive denial. It's like, all right, I, I, you know, if I have to look, if I have to stand alone on this one, I'm totally fine. But I can I can only tell you that most of the people that aren't getting the shot right now do not hold the same beliefs I do. It's it's strictly for other things, medical medical type stuff. Things, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I have no concerns about <laughs> about the med- To me, it's just like I don't know. Like I said, I'm just sort of like fuck it. That's what I said to the guy when he gave me the shot. He's like, ask right. me all the questions. Then he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. Let's do it, man. I want to be, sure. you know, people, uh, I'm sure, I don't know if this will be on your YouTube channel or whatever, but, like, I'm sure people who are right. your fans and who, who follow your stuff might be like, this guy, he just, he just goes along to get along. It's like, yeah, man, sure. You know? I don't need the hassle well, of it all. You- I, I, again, I made a series of videos along these lines, and it was, and it's actually perfectly natural reaction, which is, and I, I said, it's like, look, the, they will say, look, you, you're going to get your life back if you do this, and you have to make a choice, and if you want your life back, hey, great, Let's have your life back. Uh, I'm not rolling those dice, but then again, my motivation is different, so who knows? You know, maybe, maybe you're right in the end, and you'll have the last laugh. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not like uh, I'm not like telling people, hey, do you, you should you have to do it or whatever. It's just like, eh, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, why not? Just do it. Life's too mm-hmm. short. That's kind of my yeah. that's kind of my attitude. Yeah. You know, it's it raging against the machine is tiring, dude. 
it can be. No, <laughs> you no know, question. it's like I, like these people, like the folks. I get it. People like, oh, you know, a mask is a symbol of compliance. It's like, yeah, dude, but so fucking wearing shoes when you go into the Seven Eleven. Like, just follow. Like, society changes. You can't, you know, you can't just put a shingle up in your front window and now you're a bookstore or whatever. You got to get a license for everything under the sun. It's like, that's just it. Things change, man. You know, all of a sudden it was like, now you got a seatbelt, you got to wear a seatbelt. It's like, the same thing happened with seatbelts. You're like, I ain't fucking wearing a seatbelt. You can't tell me what to do. It's like, hey, everybody, you know, a lot of people still don't wear seatbelts, but. You know, a lot of people yeah, do. Yeah, I, so. I, yeah, I got you. No, no, I get, I get, I get the seatbelt thing. I do. It's actually a pretty good reference. I like that one. Yeah, you know. So to me, when it's like, oh, you got to wear a mask in the store, it's like, well, fuck, I got to wear a shirt and shoes. You know. So I guess this is the new thing. So it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Plus, you know, Americans are so vain. I'm surprised more people didn't just take to the mask because they could put all kinds of designs and. Slogans oh, and all kinds they, of shit. On they it. did. Well, they have. They, I know. They, I know. They they tried. The problem was is that the there was still it's still um, for for the really vain people you couldn't really tell what they looked like. And they're like, all right. I mean, yeah, I see your eyes, but I have no idea what your nose and your mouth looks like. And so facial expressions went out the window. You know, the people I went yeah. I felt bad for <clears throat> were the lip readers. They were stuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know the 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 deaf people that spent all that time learning how to lip read, and then it's like, oh man, now what do I do? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, in those instances, a lot of in places where, uh, you know, they need more deaf accessibility. I think they switch to like these transparent shields and shit and stuff. And you know, I would think, I even though you said you, I'll let you go soon, man. I'm just enjoying the conversation, but like, uh, I, I would think. I would, I guess, I guess I understand what you're saying. The pandemic wasn't scary enough for you, but to me, it was like, it certainly was like a sight to behold, just seeing oh, yeah. this, this this sort of movie play out. You know, whether you believe it's real or not, it's like this happened. This all happened. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And like, it was, it was, a, <laughs> it, was a spe- it was a spectacle. No, no question. But I am a huge movie fan. And it's like, all right, you got the scary music. And but eventually, you know, the scary music, you know, something's got to come out of the closet eventually. And and all you, you know, I just sorry, I didn't see enough. It wasn't enough for me, and and that made me made me make. I I may seem callous when I say that, but it's not what I'm trying to come off as. Like look, I just didn't see enough shock and awe. I would have done it. Can remember, I'm for the greater good. Sometimes I can play the black hat. If I was the black hat, I would have made it way more scary than this. But maybe maybe there's a bigger plan. Maybe the think tank that they used to create this was, you know, had some other goal in mind. Not sure yet. We'll see. All right. Well, I can't get it, they say. Well, I could technically yeah. still like a 10%, but I hope you don't get it, man, because then you'd have a completely different attitude. Because <laughs> I know, I mean, I don't know. Have, did you, I know you said you knew people that died, but have you – have you met anyone who got it? Because, I mean, I've talked to plenty of people who got it, and they fucking were laid out, man, for, like, at least two or three weeks. It's not a, you know, it's not like a walk in the park. Well, again, you know, I went, when we went to the conference last, the Flattoberfest last October down in South Carolina, we had, what, 600 right. people there? And there was, an including the staff, there wasn't a mask to be found. 
and all day, you know, hugs and kisses and all this fun stuff. You know, there wasn't any orgies or anything. But, you know, the only thing, I caught a little cold on the way back because of the plane. By the way, that's a little inside joke for business travelers. And that is when you walk in the plane, if you see two or three guys sniffling, you're like, ah, crap, I'm going to get whatever they got because the plane doesn't filter anything. But no, no, I mean, I haven't gotten anything and I've hung out with people. I wear a mask every once well, now I won't have to. But I wear a mask every once in a while if I go to a store that requires it. But for the most part, you know, I'm in an area in a rural community where it's like, we just don't care. And it's like, again, because the shock and awe, that's how I would have changed it. Where it's like, look, until until the guy at the gas station dies or the person that does your nails or something is like, eh, that's scary. Because that's, that's when people, you, you've heard the thing, when it hits close to home or too close to home. Right. Well, that's, that's what I people, mean. If you, that's why I was asking that, if you that, knew anyone who that, actually got that, it. They, well, yeah, well, that's just it. The um, the only person that I knew that got it again. This was is your uncle. The line out of well, yeah, that this is the line out of the Joker, uh, the Batman thing, where he goes when a when a busload when a gangbanger dies or a truck truckload of soldiers die, no one gets scared because it's all part of the plan, you know. But but in this and that's in this case, look look, my uncle was pushing ninety, had a stroke. And pneumonia is like no yeah. one expected him to live anyway. So there was no there was no surprise at all. No one's been surprised. I don't even know anyone. And remember, I ask people all the time in my circle. It's like, hey, does anyone know anybody? And it's like, nope, 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 nope. It's like, all right, fine. So, but again, we will see how this plays out, which is why I think we're in the the eye of the storm right now. What's going to come on the other side of this? That's what's going to be really be fun. Can't wait. Yeah, well, I'm part of the halves, so I don't really give a fuck. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. Uh, Is there going to be another gathering? Uh, Uh, Does Karen do them now? Yeah, yeah, Karen do them now. So, so yeah, there'll be a Flattoberfest down in South Carolina in October. Uh, Right now, at least, we're slated to to get it. We'll see if anything changes as far as venues or anything like that. There's regional regional meetups. I've gone to a couple around here within driving distance. Uh, And there'll be one up here in, actually, on my island next month. But but as far as the big ones, there's only one big one scheduled. And then, again, as far as anything international, can't do those. So the international ones are going to be, because those will have to be regional, too. So we'll have to see. All right. Um, so people can find you on YouTube, right? And that's uh, that's probably that's your yeah. hub, right, over at YouTube. Yeah, just type just type in. I'm, that's the only place I am. I'm not on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook. I've never had a Facebook page. Never. I've never even sent a text. Um, just type in Flat Jeez. Earth Mark. Yeah, I know, right? Flat Earth Mark into YouTube, and you will find me. And or if you type again, you can type in Flat Earth Clues. Uh, you'll just Mark find. Just Mark That's how I found it today. Oh yeah, Mark Sargent works too. Yeah. And you got books up on Amazon, right? Yeah, books on Amazon, Flat Earth Clues, Sky's Limit, Flat Earth Clues, End of the World, and a survival book on what to do if America goes down the tubes. And the podcast on Earth Frequency Radio. So, yeah, I shouldn't be hard to find. And if anyone wants to reach out and talk to me, all my contact information is in the description box of every single video I make. 
Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on the show and giving me the extra time and everything and uh, having a pretty frank conversation. That's what I like about you. Uh, you don't really dance around shit. You're willing to uh, you're willing to answer anything I throw at you, so it's uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm getting old, too. So. <laughs> anyway, oh, thank man. You, thank you. Uh, if you need well, any Go ahead. Even though she scares me, I'm hoping that Karen will let me come to Flattoberfest. So, uh, what? All right. A good word for you. Sure. All right. I'll probably pop on their show sometime next time you're on, or not not, not next time you're on, but <laughs> sometime okay. when you're on, I'll probably uh, I'll probably call in and say hello. But uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, if there is a Flattoberfest in October, uh, I'm going to be down in Nashville for an event. So who knows? Uh, oh. In October, so hopefully they don't overlap. But if they, if they don't. I'm gonna try and make it to uh I'll try and make it to Flattoberfest. Sounds like fun. Cool, man. All right, man. All right. Have a good night and thanks again for coming on the show. All right, thank you, thank you. See ya. Good night. Bye. There you go, folks. That was Mark Sargent. Uh Flat Earth Clues. We got less into we kinda of delved off of Flat Earth a lot there, but uh that was interesting. That was interesting. I think everybody listening to the show, to the show knows how I feel. I mean, I had a a ten part special series on the pandemic, so obviously, uh, you know, I believe it. It, it was scary enough for me. Let's <laughs> let's put it that way. It was scary enough for me. Um, so what's next? I don't have any idea. Uh, I got a couple of people in mind. Maybe for next week, um, kind of flying by the seat of my pants a little bit, trying to stick the landing on these uh, return guest episodes. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe we'll uh, – well, we should have a show next week. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you who I'm going to get in touch with. I will say that I'm kind of tired of UFOs because <laughs> – <laughs> I I love talking to talking to Adam and Jack and Aaron, but it was like three straight UFO shows, and UFOs are just everywhere right now. And it's like oh, I'm UFO'd out, man. That's why I really wanted to get Mark on tonight too, because it was like let's get as far away from from Tic Tac videos and TTSA and 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 Lou Elizondo and 60 Minutes, and uh, and Jacques Vallée, and, and Paula Harris, and their new book, and it's like every, oh, God, it's just, I'm overwhelmed with UFO stuff right now, and it's like, uh, no, no, thank you, um, so, yeah, so who knows, maybe a ghost person next week, or a uh, uh, Bigfoot person, or somebody outside the realm of UFOs, I hope, um, but you never know, if Jacques Vallée calls me up and says he wants to talk about his new book, I, I guess... I suppose I'll have him on the show because um, it's returning guests only. So, but yeah, and as I said last week, uh, I got my eye on sort of the summertime and and a fresh uh, slate of guests, uh, newcomers to the show. So that's uh, yeah, that's kind of in the works. But I'm trying to sort of navigate uh, closing out this little mini season. And then rolling into uh, summer of yeah, yeah. Oh God, it's been I'm gone too long now. Summer of strangeness, 2021. Um, so yeah, you know, check out Banal of America, the website. We usually post uh, 
the guest information for that night on the Friday morning. Um, and also we uh, announced it on social media on Friday morning as well. So, uh, yeah, Banal of America on Facebook, Banal on uh, Twitter, and uh, Banal of America the website. If you haven't figured it out yet, yeah, that's where you'll find out what's going on. Friday morning uh, or Friday afternoon sometimes uh, I announce uh, who the guest will be. I should start doing that earlier, but, I mean, there's a lot of shit I should be doing better here on this show. So <laughs> just be happy that we're still rolling out episodes at this point. Um so, with all that said, uh, I'll have a few cocktails, take a look at the uh, the old Banal of America Rolodex, make some calls, and uh, yeah, we'll see who uh, wants to hop on the mothership next week on Banal of America. Until then, this is Tim Banal, thanking you for listening and signing off. <laughs>